this is content. This is what the people want Putting to watch us just burn. Oh my this god! This is great. All right, let's start with Mega Three. First of all, how many? What's the number? I don't even care what they are. I don't What's have to number? search to be able to tell you the answer to that one. Is it zero? No, it's not zero. Is it one? It's not one. Is it two? No. <laughs> okay, then there goes my theory of it being one or more Gengar. <laughs> it is three. It's three Gengar. It's three Gengar. <laughs> tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. What's that crackling sound? Could it be a new event? The name's Tapu Koko. Shiny Tapu Koko. I'm sorry, trainer, but your Shadow Registeel is in another castle. You don't always need a type advantage to be super effective. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 223. It's January 24th. We're back on that Tuesday evening type of energy for sure. I'm your host, Chris. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Kyle, how are you? I'm I'm all right. All right. right. We've taken a step down from just a blanket. Okay. That was last week. (laughs) Was that what I said last week? I'm not sure how they rank. You usually say, okay. So anything other than that really just like my ears perk up and I'm like, oh, but you really don't give me any more information at the end of the day. So, you know, (laughs) anyway, enough about me and enough about you. We have a guest this week. We have the one and only Steve from It's Super Effective. Hello. How are you? Hello, it's me. Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Well, Kyle's okay. I- I'm okay. I'm great. No, no, I'm I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean it's free? Can I be okay this week? Yeah, if you want to. Awesome. Are you okay? It's a good. I, you know what? I, it it would probably take a professional to tell me whether or not I am. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the last time I was on the show was like four years ago it was yeah right. yeah it was i think you were one of the first if not the first interview that we did um and that was at the beginning of the of the show so yeah uh, about four years i think that was before pandemic oh yeah it was yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. the before times that's right <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, before we get started here, shout out to all of our patron supporters. Thank you so, so much for your patronage. Uh, We appreciate you very much. More about all of that at the end of the show. And uh, really quick, we did have some goals that we set last week, so let's knock them out really quick. Uh, Kyle, you wanted to get buddy progress on what again? What are you doing? Uh, A hundo chandelure. Oh, that's right. Did you do it? Lumiere, Uh, I did. I I started it. Yeah, okay. It was only three days, so not that that much. Technically, one heart would have would have qualified, I guess. Uh, but that just makes that. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, what about the level forty five challenge, Mister Level Forty Six? I did not do that. <laughs> one of these days, you will. I no, hang on. I made progress, <laughs> but I misjudged how much time we had, and so my limit for sets set me back there. <laughs> oh my gosh, Steve, do you have any any lingering special researches that you're not? getting around um, to i just got the 48 research i think that's the only one i have left okay okay which is, yeah i just hit level 48 um like two weeks ago maybe oh, three okay. weeks ago and, that's fresh um, 
Yeah, and I I didn't have enough experience. That was the what was holding me back. Ah, gotcha. But I'm I'm gotcha. I think they want 25 mil to get from 48 to 49, and I already yeah. have four mil in two weeks. So oh boy, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Just taking advantage. There's like there's been a lot of like double XP events or what was that one event where it was Larvitar Community Classic. That one, and then it was like double XP for nice, great, excellent. Oh throws. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Twinkling Fantasy, right? Yeah, Twinkling Fan. I think I got two million in like those like five days. Awesome. Yeah, not, I'm not trying to break. By the way, no, that's, <laughs> that's no, no. This <laughs> is just like this I'm just here. taking advantage of like <laughs> not the, not the opportunity events. to brag. Being around Go players, we're like, oh yeah, tell us numbers. We want to know. Like, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and the last thing, something extraordinary, Kyle. Did you knock that out? Uh, so no, but I did beat the step that I was on. So oh, there's that. Okay. But the next step was like win a raid. And I drove around the area and there was nothing except for reg ice raids. And I'm like, I'm not doing a reg ice raid. I don't want okay. to. Okay. <laughs> so I, I just didn't do it. Understood. You've got your shiny already, right? Uh, I don't remember. I, <laughs> I don't care enough, honestly. That's probably the right attitude to have. Okay, well, two out of three. That ain't bad. Uh, and for myself, I went to encounter a Galarian bird. It did not happen. I did do my three adventure sinks since last recording. 50 eggs hatched. Did do that. 30 kilometers. I did not. Mm-mm. 50 eggs? Yeah. You still spending money on incubators? <laughs> well, uh, well, maybe not my money. Well, not at the moment, but he, he yeah. would. But I, I did. I absolutely did. I'll have Crit. you know, though. I waited for, for a month before I bought more incubators. A couple of months ago, <laughs> Chris hatches fifty eggs a week minimum most weeks. It's just he's got like I, I don't enjoy know, it thirty something thousand eggs hatched. That's not true. No, no it's, it's like it's like eighteen or nineteen thousand, right? I, I think that even sounds ridiculous to me. I, I I've always been burned on eggs since. Um, gosh, what the, I think the event that really burned me was like the first adventure week where they put a lot of the fossil stuff in oh, eggs. My, my heart. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was the too. first. It was the second one where they released Tortuga and Arkin. Archon. I hatched. I don't know. A hundred and eighty eggs during that week. <laughs> I didn't get. A, our, an Arkan or a Tertuga, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm so done. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what that adventure week was for me. It was it was something fossil related though, because it was mm-hmm. adventure week. It's the very first one. I remember renting like the the <laughs> rental bikes downtown Milwaukee that you can just like you know for two bucks for a couple hours you just ride around. Yeah. Um, and just ever since that event, just hating everything about eggs. Still hate eggs to this day, by the way. Like there, there's not a lot coming out of eggs that I that I enjoy. But I think the icing on the cake was when Pikmin Bloom came out. Which I don't know if your audience has any clue, or if you guys have mentioned Pikmin Bloom. They give you two like planters, which are ultimately just incubators. The same thing in Pogo, but they give you two instead of one, and instead of uh, kilometers, because I think it's two, five, seven, ten, twelve. Um, it's just steps. So it's like way easier to comprehend like a thousand steps, 3000 steps, 5000 steps. And I'm like yeah. that double downed and ruined eggs for me because there's just <laughs> something about the steps that make it way more appealing. And there's something about two of them like permanent that makes it like feel like you're making progress without ever wanting to buy more planters. Obviously, you could buy more planters just like you can buy more incubators. But right. 
Pikmin Bloom is the better game. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, honestly, I'm glad we're getting this out of the way right away. You know, so that we're not. No, dropping I like, bomb I like Pikmin Bloom a lot. I just, I think that, I think the steps in general work better than kilometers. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I mean, one game is successfully more popular than the other. <laughs> so, what that's do I know? true. But I mean, like that's just comparing Pokemon to Pikmin at that point in time, right? Not necessarily game features, right? But I feel like. I feel like steps. You're right about steps. Steps is like a universal language, and kilometers is far from it. Uh, well, by far from it, I mean just just freedom units over here in the states. That's pretty much <laughs> it. Um, by far from it, I mean like literally. There's an ocean we'd have to fly to, uh, fly over in order to use them. Right? Great. I salvaged that. Right? Thanks, guys. No, because you could just go north of the border and can't. I don't know what you're talking about. Them too. Isn't there another body of water like a river or something? I don't know, man. Like. <laughs> Uh, so I got two out of three uh, as well. No, sorry. One out of three. Kyle, I'm going to mail, mail you the belt. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, it wasn't 19,000 eggs. It's 12,455. Okay, okay. That's still a lot. Let's, let's not blow it out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I think I have 6,000, which wow. is still a lot, by the way. How dare you? <laughs> I might be like the only level 48 player that probably has like the lowest egg count <laughs> when we were in seattle that was the last time i hatched eggs and i hatched 300 and something eggs over the course of the four yeah. days that we were walking never again i'm done uh, i have, have four thousand eggs hatched so okay. like yeah what's platinum uh, again oh i only you have more than me i only have 3800 eggs thank god oh wow i feel better about myself <laughs> Get out of here! These all these uh all of these sideways compliments or uh, insult rather. <laughs> I'm just come on. <laughs> okay, well enough about the two of us and the goals that we did. Uh, Steve, let's talk about you for a moment or two. Uh, so we did interview you back in the day, uh, uh-huh. and some people do go back and listen. But you know things change, and so I'm just going to kind of open up the floor to you. So what is it that you do, and what's your connection to Pokemon Go and Pokemon in general? Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I believe I was a full-time content creator when we originally interviewed. Yep. Um, I, uh, I've i been doing a Pokemon podcast for about 12 years now. I think 13 years will be this July. Long time. I started uh, short, I started the, sh- my, the show, It's Super Effective, shortly after Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver came out. My frustration at the time was I was listening to all these other gaming podcasts, and they would talk about all the new games every single week, and... <laughs> They they mentioned Pokemon. They're like, ah, oh, Pokemon's coming out. And then they never ended up talking about it. They talked about, you know, Assassin's Creed and Halo and whatever was before Fortnite. I don't know. <laughs> whatever popular game that happened before then. Assassin's Creed and Halo. <laughs> yeah, right. Through, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the two hits. Um, and so I went, because I was very into podcasting back then. I went, I looked. There was a couple Pokemon podcasts. All of them were either inactive or very infrequent. So I was like, oh, I can I know about Pokemon. Um uh, Spoiler, I didn't know as much as I thought I did as a 22-year-old starting a podcast about Pokemon. Uh, but the show has evolved. Uh, it's it's a general new show. So we talk about you know the anime, the main series video game. Obviously, we talk about Pokemon Go now, Pokemon Masters, Pokemon Unite, the trading card game, um, people breaking into businesses to steal cards. <laughs> that, that's newsworthy. <laughs> uh, so we, t- we talk about all that stuff. Um, and then over the years, you know, I had traditional jobs. Um, and then eventually I decided to make the jump full time. 
So I now stream on Twitch full time and then podcast full time. And then because of how competitive content creation has become, you have to naturally be on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, literally everything. Otherwise, somebody else is doing all of those things and passing you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if it's any if it's any uh, consolation or if it's any indication to people that are listening, um, when Kyle and I look up resources for things that have to do with uh, like Scarlet and Violet, we reference your resources. <laughs> I wait for your, your graphics to come out and I share them <laughs> with the friends that I raid with um, as like our standard. Like they po- they they push other stuff. I'm like Steve hasn't posted stuff yet. Like they, these people don't know what they're talking about. That might not be the case, but that's the attitude I'm taking. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You, what's crazy about the the graphics? I I started the graphics stuff for um, Sword and Shield, uh, and I really got that from the Pokemon Go community because oh. there's like two yeah. factors of the Pokemon Go community. There's the 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 YouTube influencers, which I'm sure your audience and my audience knows very well like the trainer tips the zoe two dots the mystic sevens all those yeah um and i always think about how i want to consume content like i was a big listener of podcasts so i wanted to make a podcast because i love podcasts i don't want to sit through no offense to zoe two dots i absolutely love her i adore her she's incredible i talk to her all the time i want to sit through a 12 minute youtube video (laughs) i just don't some people do though and that's totally cool that that exists um, I don't. Uh, so when I saw these Pokemon Go creators making graphics, I was like, wow, these are really helpful. And obviously the Pokemon Go people didn't invent that. That that came from like League of Legends and Dota and uh, and Battle Chess and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, so I was like, why is no one doing that for like Sword and Shield or at the time Pokemon Unite? I think Pokemon Unite now does it. Um, and so I was like, that's what I want for these games. I want to just like look at something and be like, perfect. Yep. Great. I consumed the information in like a single tweet or a single Instagram post. And I didn't have to like listen to a raid shadow <laughs> legends ad for two minutes before I figure out what's happening. Um, it's also just yeah, they, so easy to share, you know? Yeah. They're very sure. You know, like, Oh, here, watch this 10 minute video. Even if people do like that, you're like, I need 10 minutes of your time. A graphics like, Hey, take a look. This is 30 seconds. You can come back to it tonight when you have time to reference it too. you know, like. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, or if you're already out and about, um, you can just pull it up and you're not like standing inside the Mall of America being like, hold on, everyone. I need to watch this. <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> you watch 10 <laughs> minutes to get the one piece of info I need. True. True. So, yeah, uh, th- those have worked out for me really well. And I think, you know, before I was a content creator, I, I worked at Apple and I, I never sold anything. I never, uh, I never, I was never like a salesperson or anything like that. I just fixed people's issues. They'd come in with their MacBooks or their iMacs. Um, eventually that transitioned into a lot of iPhones coming in. Um, but you know, I just I, like, I'm here to fix your problem. Like you can't, you lost all your photos. All right. Well, you got five hours. Cause I think I know how to save your photos, but it's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a genius. You're a, a, a former genius. Yeah. The Apple G I'm air quoting for the audio show. Yeah. Oh the, the, a very pretentious <laughs> title for sure. Yeah. But sure that's Apple is. in a nutshell. <laughs> it's a very pretentious <laughs> company. I love their products, but I'm not uh, going to disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. So beyond that, though, too, like the podcast is real big for Kyle and our, myself as well. We reference it quite a bit on the show. We reference a lot of shows. Um, but I know for sure that the one show that we never miss every week is yours because we talk about it when we hear it. Um, we dig the spicy takes, especially if we don't agree with them. 
It's a, yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> I think the great thing is, um, you know, every everyone on the show, even if we we switch out people, um, just because you know people get busy. Uh, I think everyone's at least confident in you know what they like or what they don't like about Pokemon, and I think that's the great thing. I think I think the podcast would be pretty boring if everyone was like, "Yep, we all share the same favorite game," and "Yep, we all like very similar mechanics." Right? I, like I genuinely like um, shiny hunting, and I genuinely like Pokemon Go. And you know, Greg, the other co-host, he's not as big on Go or not as big <laughs> on like spinning in circles and getting shinies, right? So, and that's totally cool. Um, like I don't, I think. Greg said he's like he rarely ever completes a Pokedex, but that's like one of my favorite things to do in a Pokemon game is to complete the Pokedex. So it's Mm -hmm. it's great to have different people like different things. Um, And uh, yeah, I I I would I, I think I would be bored as a listener if I tuned in and everyone was like. Yeah, everyone's agreeing constantly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the other thing to think about, too, is like, I know there are a lot of people that disagree with me. Um, but at the same time, like, for everyone who disagrees with me or agrees with me, I'm like standing in their court. I'm like standing on their side. Uh, and th- that goes, you know, the same for Greg or Hannah or Will or anyone else on like, it's nice to have somebody who is like advocating for you. And I, I think we hit the spectrum of advocating for everyone in some way or another, whether that's like, I love Scarlet and Violet and Greg is like, I, I play it once a week because it's really laggy. It's true. It is super laggy. And yeah. there's probably a bunch of people that are like, it's super laggy. I also play it once a week. But there are also probably people that are like, I play it every day. I play it every day. Um, even though it is a frame rate mess, that game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that game is great, warts and all, and warts and all is underlined and bold and italicized, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's solid. Yeah, we did a two-part. Uh, you did a whole series about your experience, like m- very close to when the games came out as well. And we we just put out our part two. We did like two-part of Spoiler Free and a Spoiler Cast. And yeah, pretty much our conversation boiled down to it's janky, but it's it's really good. And that's kind of the summary of the whole experience. Yeah, uh, that that's that miniseries was hard <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of not only was it hard to do a miniseries on an open world game, um, but, you know, two of the three people, uh, Greg and Al, you know, weren't huge open world game fans. And yeah. That, yeah, like, that conversation was fascinating. That like <laughs> stood in the way for a lot of their their. Um, that that did bring up a lot of their issues, which, you know, somebody like myself who has played a plethora of open world games like that stuff just came very first nature to me, like mini map stuff, not really any direction like the game giving you a direction, but not throwing it in your face. You know, I, I yeah. remember playing like Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas and being like the game has like a general way they want to go, but you, you don't have to do it you can you can wander to the south part for 17 hours and then come back and be like okay i guess i'll pick up with like chapter two (laughs) right right yeah i I think i found i found myself um finding out between like my friends i talked to that played this that if they were the sort of people that played open world games 
they were almost exclusively also the players that were over leveled for just about everything that they were doing because they were going around collecting catching gain experience doing stuff a lot more than some people that were more traditionalists with their video gameplay and we're just like i just want to go from gym to gym and pretend that there's a route here even if i don't talk to a trainer you know um so i do want to kind of circle back and bring it back into pokemon go uh so while you do cover a lot of stuff on with pokemon generally on your show Pokemon Go is almost always a weekly topic because there's almost always something to talk about. Uh, and I, I think I asked you this similar question, but it's just a fun one. So how has Pokemon Go sort of like changed the way that your show is formatted? Uh, how much, you know, like attention do you give it? Do you think in comparison to other Pokemon titles just because of like news or what, whatever? Yeah, that, that that's a good question because... I can't even think there, there were episodes. There's probably 200 episodes that never had anything to do with Pokemon go. Cause it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what we talked about. <laughs> yeah, we probably, so I, I try to keep our podcast about 90 minutes. Um, I think an hour and a half is, is, is a good length. And I think Pokemon go will dominate about 20 to 30 minutes. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like Pokemon go does always have something new. And for some people, it's a full-time game. It's, you know, the equivalent to a Final Fantasy fourteen or, a, a, you know, Apex Legends or a Fortnite or a World of Warcraft, right? Like, it is a game that you could play and ignore every other game in the world and just be happy, I guess, you know? I'm sure yeah. there are Fortnite people out there happy playing that game every day. I'm sure they exist. <laughs> yeah, I know not, one of them. Yeah. Not in my circle, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So, you know, what's, what's crazy is, uh, you know, we, we I will get DMs or emails or YouTube comments of like, oh, my gosh, you guys cover so much go. Um, but <laughs> but we get that for like everything. Um, you know, oh. we get that for like, oh, we, I, I you guys you guys cover the too much anime. You guys cover too much TCG. You guys um, cover too much Unite. You guys cover too much Masters like. I get it, right? Like we're a general Pokemon podcast and we cover everything. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we're spending 45 minutes talking about a collaboration between Pokemon and Oreos or Pokemon and bread. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever they seem to. Collab with. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't I don't really see Pogo as as anything different than like, hey, there's a new TCG set or there's a new game or. Um, I remember when Pokemon Shuffle was a thing and we would talk about Shuffle every single week because uh, <laughs> it was a game where they would update every single week. They would have new challenges, new Pokemon would get added. Uh, and, you know, two of the three co-hosts at the time, that was me and Will, were very into Pokemon Shuffle. And so it would just happened to be a, a topic. The, uh, the relic of the Shuffle stuff per pervading like after that was that uh, you guys would mention the sh the shuffle icon if it was good or not for the pokemon of the week as well oh yeah <laughs> yeah and i was always like i had to go back and i'd look i'm like oh, these are really good <laughs> yeah the, sh the, sh the shuffle icons are really great yeah um i think pokemon go is a fascinating game like i absolutely adore it and love it i've been playing since day one um you know our show covered it very heavily when it first came out but i i did at the time think of it along the lines of a pokemon shuffle like i thought that this game was going to be hot for a couple months and then die off and then only select hardcore people would continue playing it until that game became an absolute paywall of a machine and <laughs> lost most of its players yeah 
Yeah. It was fun, though. Wasn't it Reborn? It was like something else, and then it was Shuffle or something like that. Weren't there two of them? It was... I think it was Pokemon Troze was first. That's right. Then that's it was Shuffle. It, that's right. That's what it was called. Okay. So, yeah, I... I, I cover the ghost stuff that i i find fascinating which is a lot of these events um and i think i think go has the at least the ability to pull people back in um because it is on your phone and because it is free to play and because eventually it will hit your favorite pokemon or your favorite mega or your favorite hat i don't know maybe you really like santa hats and the the deli bird is really sending you hey yeah um but it's it's funny because there there are people who have you know not touched go and they comment the minority of people and they're like man you guys make it sound like go is just this unfun game (laughs) it's like (laughs) there's a lot to it uh but how much of it is fun No, not the eggs. That's for sure. Okay, we've established really that easy. we could stop. Okay, my my feelings are already hurt. You know, <laughs> but it's really easy to listen to go from the outside or go players from the outside rather, and be like, "Do you guys like your game?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, "That's um, every game though." But go, in, especially in the last couple of years, has been like, "Where's the fun?" It's there. It's just sometimes we talk about the things we don't like too well, to Kyle, bring it to, would- to light. You and I have already talked about this on the show a couple of times. Like raids themselves are not fun, but raiding no. is somehow no. fun. You know, like yeah, the, no. the actual I think like, you, raids. I think you broke Steve with the that actual one. raids themselves mechanically are just like whatever. I don't really care, Correct. you know, anymore. But like doing raids with friends and talking about them. Oh, did you get a shiny? Did you not? Like that is fun, but the core mechanic is just nuts. <laughs> Wild yeah. game. Wild game. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I, I agree. I don't think raids are particularly fun. I, I can't remember a raid where I, 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 I like you guys, uh, probably just have the advantage of playing for a very long time. So, you know, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I made a raid counter. I just, I just have six raid yeah, counters, right? I, now. Yeah. This is, this is a dragon. This is a nice, this is a flying and my, the game auto picks the six best and, I don't have to think about it. I don't even think I look down at my phone when a raid is happening. I just yeah. I know where, exactly where my finger is going to go, and I'm going to tap, <laughs> and it's Talk done. Talk and tap. Talk and tap. Yeah. I do think that some of their events, like the the Twinkling Fantasy event, I thought that event was really great, and I actually did set aside time to play it. Um, like I and I don't know what combination of things they did. Was it was it like because I really liked Dene and they turned to Dene Shiny, and it was because like the boosts were there or it was because I was on the high of like hitting level 48 and like, Oh, now I can get all this XP and it's worth getting a lucky egg for this. I'm not sure what the, the combination was, but that event was exciting for me. And I'm sure, you know, crackling voltage is exciting for some people. I think this event is fine too. Um, I will say that the game re-sparked some fun in the big and tiny stuff like, oh yeah yeah i really think that stuff is fantastic yeah and it's funny because like i thought it was fantastic in pokemon legends where they're like oh these alpha pokemon are really big and people are like i want big pokemon like i want to catch big <laughs> shiny pokemon right and then yeah. in uh scarlet and violet there's uh there's sandwich powers 
And one of the sandwich powers is Humongo. And if you have Humongo on, you can't have Encounter power on. And Encounter just lets you see more. So it's this, this trade-off of like, do you want to see as many Pokemon as possible to find a shiny? Or do you want to see a normal amount of Pokemon but have a higher chance of finding a big one? And I always, I've always leaned towards the big one because I just think that's way more fun yeah. to get like a really big like Mudbray or like a really big Klefki. Um, and so <laughs> Klefki it, the size of a hula hoop. Just <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. It does. It does. So now that they've added big and small, you know, I've I've read the Silk Road and like a lot of the comments are like, I don't care about this. Like I'm going to ignore this feature, which is like fine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever is fun or not fun to you. But like, all I can think about is like, man, I want like a human, I want like a big shiny Pokemon and go. And I want to make that my buddy. Like that is my target now. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the only, my own fun I created, I guess. But now I'm like, now I'm tapping on every Pokemon. Even like I have like f- 10 shiny Pidgeys. I have, I don't think I've tapped on a Pidgey in like two years. Cause like, well, I, I <laughs> don't need any more shiny Pidgeys, but now I'm tapping on Pidgeys again. Cause like, what if it's big? <laughs> I want a big Pidgey. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how big, uh, like the XXL Pidgey is. I, I hope it's like up to your like waist. in height. <laughs> I really hope incredible. so. That it sounds does. fantastic. If the Pidgey see... isn't two of you st- like stacked, I don't want it. You know? <laughs> I want to see like an XXL Togepi being held in a trainer's arms, just like <laughs> out to here. But then I think of like really big Pokemon like Zekrom, and then I'm like, I want the smallest, smallest Zekrom boss. possible. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's now you're thinking Pokemon, like a PvP or yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And and this is and this is the magic of Go is that they don't have to have something for you to do for you to be like, I think I'm gonna do this or you know that. And that's just your goal, I guess. But for me, it's the animations for the XXS and XXL ones. The first few times it happened, I was like, whoa, like actually taking it back because I'm just so used to shiny or nothing. Um, but it was kind of jarring, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Um, but you already brought up Crackling Voltage, which I think is a great segue uh, for us to hop into the news. And before any of you were like, oh, but how do I listen to Steve? Where do I find Steve's stuff? Steve seems so much more interesting than you guys. You're right. <laughs> Um, we'll have you plug stuff really quick here and then we'll have you plug stuff later at the end as well. How's that sound? Sure. Um, okay. yeah, so, uh, you can just go to pokemonpodcast.com and find everything. Look, 12 years ago, no one thought to register on GoDaddy <laughs> pokemonpodcast.com. Uh, at one point I was also very scared that like Nintendo or Pokemon were going to come after me cause I was like 23 and didn't understand any of that stuff. So I shorthand it to PKMN. C-A-S-T. Mm-hmm. That's but PokemonPodcast.com just takes you there. Pokemon Podcast, I think, in your podcast player should get you my show too. Yeah. Uh, but it's just called It's Super Effective. Um, which I I'm, I'm I'm I was also worried that Nintendo was gonna come after me for that, but th- that has not happened. <laughs> hey, guess not. Guess it's all right. If they were gonna notice, they they would have already, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've done some events with uh, Nintendo, uh, and at one point when they had me sign like a non-disclosure agreement, they were like, "Do you have a merch store?" And I was like, uh, "Yes, Mister uh, Bowser, I do have a merch store." And they're like, "Okay, <laughs> link it," and it just it's it just had like three shirts, and they just had my it's super effective logo. 
And they were like, okay, good to go. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I don't have any Pokemon on it. It's just the logo I made. Um, True. But, yeah, Papa Nintendo was was all right with the, the branding of it. Super effective, I guess. For now. Yeah, the, I don't know. Maybe I'll change his mind. <laughs> the confirmation is nice all the same. That's great. Yeah. 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 So on socials, too, pretty much the same thing? Yeah, just P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Same all right. on all socials. Perfecto. And again, dear listener, we'll revisit those uh, at the end of our time with Steve. But for now, let's hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, so we got one piece of news this week, um, arguably one piece of news. And Steve already mentioned it. It's the Crackling Voltage event. Uh, And they wrote, trainers, things are about to get electric with the Crackling Voltage event. Electric type Pokemon will appear more frequently in the wild and trainers can look forward to the legendary Pokemon Tapu Koko, uh, a guardian deity of the Alola region. Like, I love how we're getting an introduction, although we've had Tapu Koko before. Um, Returning in five star raids, also for the first time in, in Go, you'll be able to encounter a shiny Helioptile and shiny Tapu Koko if you're lucky. And then there's going to be a Team Go Rocket event as well. It's nestled in the middle of this event. We'll get there. But when is Crackling Voltage happening? It's happening this Friday, the 27th at 10 a.m. to Sunday, February 5th at 11.59 p.m. local time. I love these ones. that They run right up until midnight. Uh, the non-round-houred numbers always throws me for a loop. <laughs> Wild encounters include Ekans, Magnemite, Grimer, Electrike, Stunky, Blitzel, Ferrisseed, Helioptile, Grubbin, Beldum, and Dedenne. So we're seeing Dedenne back like right away, which is nice because we just got that shiny. So you'll be able to see more of those in the wild. Beldum is always a good one as well. Any other any other highlights here? I guess Heliptile is a new shiny. Yeah, but... I mean Atkins is my <laughs> yeah. favorite electric Pokemon. <laughs> is yeah, what what is going on here? Because the other ones are Ferrisseed Ste- Steel. Right, so yeah, grass steel, yeah, yes. Stunky is poison. Atkins is poison. Grimer's poison. Maybe that's it. But uh, I don't. I don't. Who understand. can say? I don't Who understand the choices. <laughs> steel, electric, and poison. I guess so. But what is the crackling voltage? Only sounds like an electric thing. There's nothing. I else. am assuming poison I, and steel because yeah. fairy is weak to poison and steel, and oh. Tapu Koko is coming. Okay. But that's yeah. that's a huge stretch. That's such a big stretch. <laughs> okay. No, we're going to pretend like that was the the line of thought. I like no, that so much better. <laughs> they they had to stretch it because there's only like 23 electric type pokemon in the entire game. So Yo, true. You can't put them all here. True, true. Yeah, but I, I do like them reusing Dedenne so quickly. That's pretty cool. I know a lot of people did not get their shiny Dedenne, so myself included, I am a lot of people. I like how you say <laughs> a lot of people and not probably 99% of people who play Pokemon Go. Look, uh, I use generalized terms to not alienate people, Kyle. <laughs> no, you're 100% correct. Uh, I think I saw, even amongst the hardcore players that we like follow on socials and stuff, I only saw like 10, maybe? It's wild. Wild stuff. But let's talk about raids. Even more wild stuff. One-star raids will feature uh, Alolan Grimer, Shinx, Bronzor, Clink, and Helioptile. You know... It's it's neat to see Clink back in one star raids. I guess I don't know how to feel about any of this. They can all be shiny. (laughs) They can They can all be shiny. Uh, Three star raids: Venomoth, Galarian Weezing, Jolteon, and Mawile. (laughs) 
Three star raids. Venomoth is also my favorite electric Pokemon. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm happy to see a bug anywhere. So that that's good news. Uh, I think I I think I can again trying to stretch and suspend my disbelief. Moths are attracted to like light bulbs, and that's Ooh. all. I no, 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 Kyle, that's no. Right I'm, really? this for, I'm, I'm writing this for Niantic. Niantic was like, yes, that's ex- oh, I think that's why we did <laughs> so, it. Yes, how did you know? Retroactively. <laughs> uh, Galarian Wheezing, for a reminder out there, still only knows Tackle as a fast move, so if you're catching it thinking it'll be a powerhouse, it will not be. But it's a cool Pokemon. Tackles, Love them tackles okay now, though, isn't it? Did In they PvP? Buff? Oh, I guess they did buff it, but that doesn't make Galarian Wheezing good, brother. I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, know. I, I mean, look, I don't remember, but okay. I, just, I just know it's a little better than it used to be. That's good news. <laughs> All right, five-star raids. Tapu Koko uh, until February 1st at 10 a.m. local time. And then after that, we're getting Registeel. Um, yep, Registeel. That's okay. great. You- we, must, we must issue a correction. They gave Galarian Weezing Fairy Wind. Did they so, really? So it knows Fairy Wind. When did that it happen? has some small play in Great League. When did that happen? I feel like they're just working to make us look like we don't know what we're talking about. We don't um, need look, the I'm help. just going by PB Poke having the move set listed. So <laughs> I believe it. Good deal. Cool, cool, cool. And then Mega Raids, just to round them out, Mega Gengar is uh, from February 1st at 10 a.m. There you go, Kyle. To Wednesday, February 8th at 10 a.m. Because I need more Mega Gengar energy. Oh, my God. Do you actually? No, I have like 6,000. <laughs> Okay, well, you're going to max that out again. <laughs> uh, Mega Aerodactyl from Wednesday, January 25th at 10 a.m. to Wednesday, February 1st. Oh, I, I dislike it when they do this in reverse order. So Mega Aerodactyl's first, and then Mega Gengar oh, that's is weird. after that. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, any any standouts for you, gentlemen? Are you excited for uh, Registeel to be back in raids or what? I, well, I, I guess I would assume that pvp people would be excited because reggie steals good and great league i think um yeah only yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's one yeah, of the only great you can catch under that um area. i think most of the reggie stuff is pretty uninteresting besides like Eliki and drago i think are actually incredibly exciting and fun mm-hmm. um yeah. i i would assume because we already had Reg Ice, now Reggie Steel, that Reggie Rock would be next. And this is some like lead up to the Hoenn thing. Again, I'm just stretching. Yeah. I'm just writing this for no, Niantic. Like, that's the most believable theory we've had. Like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. What if they'd never do Reggie Rock? <laughs> we just go <laughs> right up the Hoenn tour. Like, what are you doing? No one will be sad. <laughs> well, like, we'll be like, I can't, I can't help but think, like, are they doing the Reggies because? Because they're not going to do the Reggies worldwide for everyone when the Hoenn tour comes out. Probably. And they, like, I, I know the people in Vegas will get Reggies because they already hinted at that on the website. And the people mm-hmm. in Vegas will get Mega Groudon and Mega Kyogre. And I'm assuming the people in Vegas will get De- Deoxys or not. Yeah, Deoxys and, yeah. and Latios and Latias. Like, are, are, is Niantic planning on putting like 800 gyms around, like, where, <laughs> like, around Vegas? Like, I, there's a lot of legendary Pokemon in Gen 3. It's possible. You, they, they might, uh, sorry, I'm cutting you off here, but really quick, they might do Latios and Latias like they did the legendary beasts for Johto Tour because weren't Latios and Latias also roaming, right? I think, yes, they, yeah, they, I think they announced yeah. that with the already. Oh, Didn't did they? they? Oh, yeah. 
I'm pretty okay. sure that was in the thing that we're going to cover later. Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, great. Though. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Well, that's the case uh, that I'm happy. But they're probably doing these Reggies, now that I thought about it, to lead up to an elite raid with Reggie Gygus. Oh, yeah. The, that, the very not... wildly successful elite raids. That exactly. They're so about. successful. <laughs> and, and to put such a loser Pokemon in it would just be... What? <laughs> what? Can, can I, can... I only wanted to come on your guys' show to complain. I Perfect. was one of the very few people that liked, what were they called before Elite Raids? EX. EX, EX Raids. I liked EX Raids. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I liked the game sending me a little invite and saying like, this You're Saturday <laughs> at 3 p.m., right? Yeah. I was like, Perfect. I don't want to go on any Discord group. I don't want to go on any Facebook. I don't want to play with any. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to show up. <laughs> I want people to be there, and I want to do it, and I want to leave. And that's what EX Raids provided. Now, I totally understand that, like, I feel like a lot of the complaints were, like, 9-to-5ers. Um, like, I work a 9-to-5 job. I can't go to an EX Raid at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I get that. As somebody who doesn't work a non-traditional job, like, before I was a content creator, I would all, I would almost always work, like, you know, the 4 p.m. to midnight or something like that. So I still had my day free. Um there's a lot of people that don't work non-traditional schedules. Like, there's a lot of people that don't work nine to five. Yeah, uh, I think I think the change I would have made to EX raids was like, here's a morning slot and here's an afternoon slot and pick one. Uh, I think that would alleviate it. So when they yeah. they said, so all in all, I liked EX raids because I liked showing up, knowing people would be there, not having to interact, and then leaving. Like I like that a lot. So when Niantic was like, oh, elite raids are coming, kind of the same thing. I was super pumped. Um, I live in the best place to play Pokemon Go indoors, which is in Minneapolis near Mall of America. Now, there are plenty of good outdoor places like Disney, um, Universal, uh, countless parks and stuff in like California, right? Emerson Park in Woodstock, Illinois. Oh, come on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's first pretty quiet, good for a small town. You could have said Central Park in New York because like, come on. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta rep the stock, man. Come on, you know. Like I can't, I can't think of a better indoor place to play than Mall of America. Like I think it is, I think it is the best. Yeah, I mean, we were, um, yeah, we were there yeah, for a meetup. We can confirm. Yeah. So for when they announced Elite Raids, I was like, this is, this is, this is great. I can just go to Mall of America. I'm sure there'll be three or four. I'll be able to knock them out, and then. Also, by the way, for those that haven't never played at Mall America, you literally don't ever have to talk to anyone. There are so many people constantly at Mall America. You could join this Venomoth raid, which I don't think anyone in their right mind should be paying a dollar to do Venomoth in 2023. (laughs) But I guarantee you there'd be like 10 other people in this Venomoth raid just because like it's Mall America. Make that 11 (laughs) other people. Thank you very much. But no, the elite raids never spawned at MOA. They never spawned no, at Mall of America. Really? They only spawned at like parks. Oh. And because Mall of America isn't considered a park, it never received an elite raid. So oh. I, I went. So they've done elite raids, well, like twice, three times? Twice? I think I mean, three, three times. times. Three, three times, times, I believe. Um, so I went to the park near me, which is also a very popular place to play Pogo. Um, no one there. Went to a different park downtown, which is more popular. No one there. I just I it, it goes back to like I have to resort to like a Facebook group or a Discord or a Campfire to be like, where are people doing these elite raids? Because my default was Mall of America and they're not spawning elite raids because it's not considered a park. 
yeah, the system, I feel like it, it kind of did away with the parts that people liked and just kept all the stuff that was problematic. I mean, not getting the invitation the way that we used to have before made a little bit more sense to me because, you know, the introduction of remote raids. But they could have just limited to, you know, you can only trigger it if it's a if you do a local raid. Right. Um, but all the same, it that doesn't that doesn't address the time issues like you started talking about to begin with. Um, you know, how many people do you have around you to even trigger it? If you're in a rural community, like there's a bunch of other issues. There's an accessibility issue with, with elite raids and things like that too. But I suppose if they keep doing like three or four months of the same Pokemon at a time, despite all of us being like, Oh, really Hoopa unbound again. Um, it does give more opportunity to people that need to go out of their way for it, but people aren't doing it at month three and four, you know? Yeah, I I think there was something great about opening up your app and like that little invitation flying to you. I think that was mm-hmm. genuinely mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. And I think the other exciting thing was like I can invite a person to come with me. Whereas like and it felt exclusive. It felt like am I going to invite my mom who's never done a Mewtwo raid cuz I think Mewtwo is an EX's. Yeah. Am I going to invite my friend who's like he has they haven't gotten it like it, it there was something about that that wh- whether or not the time stuff was like the time stuff was the big complaint like i can't i can't go at thursday at 2 p.m i got a meeting with on zoom um but ex uh elite raids kind of lost all of that it, it didn't feel exclusive it just felt like another thing to do on the weekend and are people actually going to show up and oh, people did show up, but we don't have enough people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a bust. Yeah, oh, the, real, I the never, real question is, never failed in the EX raid. You never failed in the X raid. That's that's fair. But like twenty people showed up every time, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because it felt it felt special. It felt like this. I again, gotta go do this. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, from the first and second rounds of them this time with Hoopa Unbound. Um, I know Ken Pescator was talking about this from the Lured Up podcast. He was talking about how everybody at his rate, it glitched. None of them got to caught it, catch it. And none of them caught it in the second time either because it glitched out again. Like, you can't here's do a, that. That can't Here's happen. a question, though, <laughs> Steve, if you did a lot of EX raids. Did you do a lot after Mewtwo was out and they rotated Deoxys in? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Did you feel that the population was still as high for Deoxys? Um... Mewtwo was always 20 plus for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always t- at least two groups. Um, Deoxys felt about 15 ish people. I, th- I think that as I much as you like that the it's an exclusive and people really want to go do it, it was really carried very heavily by Mewtwo being oh, the I, original. I, and then after Deoxys, there's so few options that would get people to want to go out they were gonna try reggie gigas before the pandemic happened and we're like that's a terrible idea <laughs> yeah no i i do agree that mewtwo's popularity probably for sure helped carry that um i think the lowest i've ever had turned out for an ex raid was like eight or nine people um and i i it wasn't mewtwo i can't remember if it was deoxys or if it was was dark cry in it at one point no we oh, just did mewtwo and then so. five rounds of deoxys and then mewtwo, deoxys and then Regigigas. almost regigigas right yep so it would have been it would have been deoxys and i remember it was it was like midwinter in wisconsin it was incredibly cold 
Um, it was at a it was at a very popular park, Elm Grove Village Park. And I remember parking, sitting in my car, waiting until uh, like 201 to get out of my car because I knew that as soon as somebody triggered it, it was 180 seconds. So I was like, I'm going to yeah. like 60 seconds still in the car for myself. I joined with 20 seconds left. I was like, perfect, because I'm outside as minimum as possible. Oh uh, There's only <laughs> eight of us. We did it. No one talked to each other. It is, it is like negative 10 degrees outside. <laughs> And then as soon as it was over, I immediately walked back to my car and then turned on the car, turned on the heat and then caught it in my car. And that was like the lowest amount of people ever was like eight. But even with that terrible weather, the weather probably had something to do with it. Yeah. People still showed up. Yeah. That's the Pokemon Go experience right there. (laughs) That's right. The worse conditions it is, the more worth it it is to go do. Right. Absolutely. Oh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say just really quick that if they even if they put a regular Pokemon in there that wasn't like a Mewtwo or whatever, I know Mewtwo was like that was that was the introduction, but they could put a Rayquaza in there and that would pull people if they raised like the IV floor from 10, 10, 10 to 12, 12, 12 or 13, 13, 13. People would go for a higher chance at not even a shiny, just getting a like a hundo, you know? Yeah, I I feel like they could do a lot of things that would make it more interesting I, I i know a constant conversation is like well, what happens when niantic runs out of pokemon like the game's gonna die and it's like they ran out of pokemon a long time ago like mm-hmm. n- like n- no one <laughs> like when they release larvesta which i think is one of the only gen 5 pokemon that are missing at this point larvesta and volcarona it's not like people are gonna be, finally larvesta is <laughs> here i can turn on the game right like they ran out of pokemon already yeah like even if Larvesta is your favorite Pokemon, you're either committed to go or you're not. And if you're not committed to go and you come back and you catch a couple of Larvesta, like, okay, how is Niantic going to keep you? I think Niantic has done really good things to keep players around. Um, and, you know, there is the, still the collection of like hats, big, tiny, oh um, zero IVs, 100 IVs, uh, you know, Certain best buddy. CP numbers, yeah. Lucky. Like there's there are yeah. so many different things that they're doing, which I think is is fun. Um, I don't know how they fix the EX raid or the elite raid. I guess the point I was trying to make is they, they did feel special and they did feel fun when you received it and when you could go to it, right? Like, oh, this is perfect. Like, I have time to do this. And I think they need more of that. Uh, but even like, I think about Scarlet and Violet where they're doing, they did Charizard with a mark, level 100, and then they did Score Bunny, or sorry, um, Cinderace with a mark, and then they did Greninja with a mark. And eventually we'll probably get Delphox and Chestnut and Blastoise and Venusaur and Typhlosion and whatever other Pokemon are granted. But also eventually we will get Pokemon Home, and you won't have to do the Delphox because you could just move a Fennekin in with Pokemon Home, right? Like, But I think the rewards and are good enough for some people. I think the mark itself, making it like one of a kind special is good enough for some people. And I think the challenge is good enough for some people and elite raids and EX raids are missing like two of those three. <laughs> like yeah. it just yeah. has like, that's fair. You're right. Like, I think the only people maybe doing Hoopa is people that don't have Hoopa because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rewards aren't that great. 
and nothing else about it is really that special. No, and we already got ours from, you know, GoFest last year, right? In the finale event. So yeah. Val and I never even attempted any of the Elite Raids. And honestly, from the usual venues that we would have gone, there was very little interest anyway. I don't know if it would have happened. So who can say? <laughs> but I agree Now, with if I you say like, wars. oh, e- Elite Raid more chance for big rayquaza i'm in <laughs> give me a big rayquaza guaranteed xxl <laughs> if you're lucky trainers it might be huge oh <laughs> if i see that text event coming for up them. <laughs> i'm here for it all right anyway back to the uh crackling voltage event we're only uh part way through here so eggs i know everybody's favorite topic here oh, i'm in the yeah. minority a uh, seven-kilometer egg shakeup, my favorite kind of egg shakeup. Alolan Sandshrew, Skarmory, Blitzel, Stunfisk, Galarian Stunfisk. There's your Stunfisk, all different kinds, Kyle. Helioptile and Dedene. Um, I will hatch these strictly because they are seven-kilometer eggs and easy to get and target. But other than that, this is not that exciting. I think any of the redeeming qualities in this egg pool matches the the good qualities of the wild encounters. So <laughs> The egg pool is half okay. At best. The Stunfisk, I guess. But I feel like if the Alolan Sandshrew was gone, it would be more okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I agree. <laughs> Stunfisk, Galarian Stunfisk, Helioptile, and Dedene. Those are fine. There's nothing wrong with those in eggs. The other three. Blitzel? No, Blitzel's. <laughs> I mean, Blitzel's okay because at least it fits the theming here. We don't I, know what the theming is anymore. No, <laughs> you're not wrong. Okay. I think they put a Lolan Sandshrew in eggs for to remind you how cold Niantic can be. Right. Right. A steely, icy heart. That's right. <laughs> no 7K eggs from me. All right. Okay. Steve, I assume the same. Mm, yeah. No, I think uh, if I was to buy incubators or to the ones i do have i would rather hoard them until the 10k eggs for the vegas event good call good call all right let's talk about some more potential pokemon that were like i don't understand this grouping field research task encounters if you do tasks uh you will have the chance to encounter voltorb hisuian voltorb plusle and minin and molga in helioptile i cannot in good conscience say that this is a good one to target for any particular spawns I think this time field research tasks might kind of just be way too diluted. But I, hey, I, at least they stick to the theme. Oh, true. This, this is theme. I, I think the field research tasks are significantly more interesting than egg stuff because you can figure out which one you need. Like, I think it was for Dedenne. I think it was like catch five Pokemon and that was it. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, I can throw away everything else. Yeah. Um, I think we're long. I, I think it's been long enough where... I'm sure some people find Plusle and Minin exciting as shiny. They'll never be exciting for me. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody. But after that like, first Go Fest, I don't need to see another one for the rest of my right, life. Right, right, right. Oh, like hang every, on. Everyone that like was very heavy into, I think it was the second Go Fest, right? Because the first Go Fest oh, yeah. was a, a flop. The second Go That's Fest right. is when Chinese happened, and it was Plusle minus worldwide. Yeah, but that was like four years ago. So I'm yes. sure there there are. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of new trainers in the last three years that Plusle and Minin are probably somewhat exciting here. Those trainers need better taste. They use the spotlight hours that they've been featured in because it's happened. <laughs> We're just no, very but I need to I need yeah. to share because Chris never said on the show 
mm-hmm. he caught another shiny plusle not yeah. that long ago. I mean, it was About, like three months ago now. But it's not even the three, good one. Mine three, is the better one. You're right. No, I but I made a I made a like, commitment like three and a half years ago because I had so many of them that if I ever found another one, I would delete my account. Uh, and I I never said it out loud. So I guess after this episode, I got to restart. <laughs> it, was, it was before level fifty was a thing, so it's okay. Uh, true. True. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't mind field research things. I I. It, I, I'm privileged though to live in a very big city where like it's very easy to get a million different field research tasks. Um, so it's it's easy to like delete the ones that are bad and then get the ones that are good. Um, but I would assume if you live in a town with like three Pokestops, uh, field research is probably very disappointing. <laughs> it can be. Yeah, that's look. For sure. Oh, great! I got the Hisuian Voltorb one. Yeah. Awesome. I guess we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> I hate when field research has one task that can reward like three different Pokemon and you only want one of them. Yes. That's I, when I, field I, research is bad. Yes. yes. If this is, if this is, you know, catch seven electric Pokemon to get Helioptile, I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. But in my mind, it's always just the event Pokemon always have the same event tasks. I know it's not always the case, but I always prepare myself for that. Yeah. It's pretty common. Um, Again, but, Twinkling Fantasy did great because Dedenne had its own specific task and it was a very easy one. And I think that was like the best way to see Dedenne because they were not spawning that frequently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, last thing we got to talk about for Crackling Voltage is the Team Go Rocket takeover. And so this is going to be happening during the event window uh, from Wednesday, February 1st at 12 a.m. to Sunday, February 5th at 11.59 p.m. local time. And the shadow Pokemon that Giovanni is going to have that we can, you know, earn to fight and wrestle from his control is Registeel. Uh, This is kind of exciting. Registeel has a lot of, you know, PvP implications and stuff. So it'll be kind of cool to see how it shakes out. Uh, Event bonuses for this is Team Go Rocket will appear more frequently at Pokestops and in Balloons. And you can use a charge TM to help shadow Pokemon forget the charge attack frustration. I say this every single time, but I don't want to hear any whining about how we never have any Team Go Rocket events. (laughs) You're hearing about this one. You know about it. Put it in your calendar. TM that frustration away. (laughs) Nobody has complained about this in about a year, but I assume they're still listening. So I have to issue the warning all the same. (laughs) Uh, the Shadow Pokemon new ones that will be rotated in, or I think added in some way, Alolan Vulpix, Spoink, Blitzel, Joltik, and more. Those are on the grunts. We don't know what the leaders are going to be yet, I don't think. Yeah, they have not announced leaders. Okay. Yep. Don't know them quite yet. A uh, 12-kilometer egg pool. You know, they put this up God. there every single time there's a rocket event, like it's in shakeup, and there's no... <laughs> it's, it's so up. bad. It's... <laughs> So bad. <laughs> I'm a full-time egg hatch and I have very little. There's some love, but it's little love for this pool. Yes, yeah, like one in ten, maybe. So the, the pool is, as it always has been uh, and continues to be, Larvitar, Absol, Skaroopy, Sandile, Scraggy, Pawnyard, Vullaby, Dino, Pancham, Skrelp, and Salandite. So that's it. Yep. Bad. Right. Those are indeed eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're really bad. You got like a four percent chance to hatch a Salandite, and it's got a ninety percent chance to be male. That's right. Yeah, I feel like the chase is absolutely for the Salazzle. Uh, my my first twelve k Salandit was female. Shut wow. up! Oh, Get out of here! Mister, <sighs> don't hatch any eggs. So probably <laughs> hatch probably in the last six months. I've hatched like three 
12k eggs and one was a female salandit i mean i i not only hate eggs i hate team rocket oh and i i okay i used to be very okay with team rocket when they announced it i was like like the big and small i was like this is exciting i want to catch all these shadow pokemon i want a full shadow decks i want a full purified decks i'm in i'm into collecting right okay that's a very big pipe dream that will probably never come to fruition there. But before I was burnt out, it was the, what is it, from level 44 to 45? Oh, yeah. Where oh, it's yeah. Like oh, yeah. Battle okay. 100 Team Rocket grunts, but also battle like 50, 50. leaders, which mm-hmm. is way more than 100 grunts. Um, never again do I want to look or battle. T- <laughs> it was that thing that like... That and that was Burn the you. like I went from like forty to forty four or whatever I think it's forty four I could be wrong I went to I went between those in I don't know like oh two maybe three weeks like relatively quickly sure. um, and then I was on that for almost a year just because I like didn't want to do it and then after I was done with it I got to forty eight relatively quickly too it was like it wasn't like I like. I took my time with it because I I, I I couldn't grind it. It was so soul crushing to be like, ah, another Team Rocket, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's come around to me, but I think it's only because I've gotten numb to the fact that, you know, like of, of the process. I just tap. I don't really look at it. It's like rating now. But prior to that, I was very anti Team Go Rocket as well. So you just need to you just need to break your, your mind of your opinions <laughs> of Team Go Rocket. That's what you got to do, you know? <laughs> It team go rockets fine. I think the reward aspect of it, if you don't care about having the most meta shadow Pokemon, is very low though. Yeah, I I think again, I'm only here to complain. Thank you for having me. I I think the um I think Team Go Rocket shows a lot of holes in Niantic's thinking. Uh <laughs> It's funny because we just talked about this uh, this electric uh, like voltage oh, yeah. event, but like oh crackling voltage, but like for an event, like it's it's pretty straightforward. Like here's a bunch of electric Pokemon, here's a new shiny, here's a new uh, raid boss. Like here's some megas, here's some eggs. Like it's it's pretty straightforward. But like the whole concept about like shadow Pokemon are stronger but take more damage. Yeah, like I get that. You can't trade them unless you purify them. No mm-hmm. one wants to purify them. Because they're not better, but you do get better IVs. But then it's like better IVs don't actually mean anything for PvP. And then it's like they released what those Apex Pokemon, the the Ho and Lugia, oh, yeah. with special moves. But if you purify them, they're not better. It just like it pokes so many holes into like how they think about Shadow Pokemon and purified Pokemon. Like I had a 14, 14, 14. 14, 14, 14, Shadow Beldum. And I purified it because I was oh. like, I want it to be perfect. <laughs> and I've got a bunch of comments being like, why did you purify this? And I was like, because I want to Mega Evolve it. I cannot Mega Evolve it as a Shadow Pokemon. Okay. okay. But you can Mega Evolve as purified, right? That's not going to be something that catches you yeah. up. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can Mega Evolve as purified, yes. Okay, all right. I have a purified. But purified Pokemon are easier to power up. Right, right. And so, yeah. like, I didn't want to power up uh, Metagross because I don't do PvP, right? Like, if I did PvP, that might have been a better situation. But I, I genuinely like Megas. So if I'm going to, like, 
is this Beldum going to sit here as Shadow? I'm never going to do PvP. I guess you could do Shadow Pokemon for raids. But like I, I already said earlier in the show, I have enough raid counters. I just want to really, like, I just... <laughs> it, it's, it's just so weird how, like, you get punished for doing the right thing, which is purifying it. Okay. We, we've said this... So- so times as well. I, I heard you say that in this most recent episode. Y'all were talking about Shadow Pokemon and purifying like they're in pain and stuff like that. <laughs> I've come around. I've come around whatever oh, Pokemon no. rights, whatever. No, I'm just oh kidding. My God. Um, I have come around to the idea that if you if you TM frustration off of them, that is narratively good enough until the mechanics fit in some other way. I've convinced myself that's all right. <laughs> no why uh, be- just because it, it makes me feel better that's why it's a no because there's okay, a button that says purify on whatever the screen, being right pure there. isn't always the best way to go anyway. I, did, I didn't know this until i didn't know this until the lucky event which i think was kind of disappointing um what what, what, what was lunar, the, new, lunar new year event lunar yeah. new year that a purified pokemon is considered a special trade <sighs> we don't like that yeah that's i no. don't like that no that's that like, i also didn't know that because i don't trade pokemon but <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was like oh you can technically have purified lucky you can have both auras on it and i don't have one of those right i was like oh like purify your oddish like i'll purify my meowth like let's just trade because they're both very old we're during this lucky event we're done trading dedenes we're like we both got lucky dedenes like we traded let's try you can't it's considered a special wow um for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, I, I am awaiting the day where my 15, 15, 15 Metagross that is purified and has the cool <laughs> white sparkle thing that's in the... I'm very excited for it to be a Mega Metagross one day, uh, whenever that day comes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can I can talk trash about it, but I did also purify a 14, 14, 14 Scyther for the Mega Caesar. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That sounds so, great. I have a 15, 15, 15 purified Weedle. <laughs> then I thought maybe I would put it, make it as a bee drill. I was like, no. Think about this. <laughs> if, you're, if you're driving in your car right now, pull over. Because you really have to think about this. Think about a 14, 14, 14. Any Pokemon you want. Let's just say uh, Plusle. Because everyone loves Plusle. You have a 14, 14, 14 Shadow Plusle. But it's also big. <laughs> It's, it's a beast. Huge. It's huge. It's a huge <laughs> shadow puzzle. You could purify that soul and it could be a 15, 15, 15 big puzzle. That sounds incredible. That We're sounds great. Four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I would put all of my rare XL candy into that puzzle. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> You're just giving us the, the transitions here. I'm actually. <laughs> I have to say one more detail, though. Field research, uh, there's going to be a research task for a mysterious component for this event as well. Um, but that is it for the news. So we're going we're gonna to hop on over to Gear Up. So it's the perfect transition because for Gear Up, I'm going to be talking about rare candy. So before I read the rare candy, I want to ask both of you a question. I'll answer it too. How many rare candy do you have in your inventory right now? Okay, I I just spent two hundred. So oh. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Who'd you spend on? I put it into Zarud. Awesome. Okay, I I have a fifteen, fourteen, fifteen Zarud. Wow. Okay. And Zoe two dots yelled at me for having too much rare candy, 
And I said, I don't know where to put it. And she listed a bunch of Pokemon, which I've already invested in. Uh, but one, the one Pokemon she listed that I didn't do was Zarude. So I listened to her and put about 200 rare candy to Zarude. I'm at 1360 for rare candy right oh now. Oh my god! I, I want to say before Chris answers that Steve absolutely was the inspiration for me writing about this as well. Because <laughs> I think at one point on the podcast you said you had like 1600, and I'm like, no. Yeah. And you won't let Greg spend his rare candy. <laughs> no, that was Will. Will this wanted will, to put oh, his I'm rare sorry. candy. Will, right? will wanted to put his rare candy into Meltan, and I was like, absolutely, oh. absolutely not. <laughs> I think you just want to do this it's okay to tell somebody not to spend their rare candy, actually. Chris? Um, I'm laughing like I'm not near as bad, but 970? Holy joy. Jeez. <laughs> okay. See, that's bad. And then I'm still bad. I have 580. That's a lot of rare candy. That's pretty bad. So I'm just, I'm going to go through a list of options to spend your rare candy on, what it's worth. And uh, this basically boils down to the best raid counters for each typing. Not taking into account dual typing and four times effective and stuff like that. But for rare candies, only use them on legendaries, please. I, I beg you. Unless there's a there's an extreme exception. I think once I used them on Bastiodon because I couldn't hatch them out of eggs. And what about like Spiritomb or something that you don't really get to see very often? I think Spiritomb is a is an acceptable one as well. I put I put. I put about 11 rare candy XL into a Pikachu, but that was only because I needed one more Pokemon to be at level 50. What? Oh. For the, what was it, from like 46 <laughs> to 47, you yeah. needed like three level 50s. And I was like, if it was the start of community day, and if I was like, if I just put these, I could walk this Pikachu, but if I just put these 11 in, I can start this community day at like level 47 or whatever. That. That I actually that hurts my soul, me. that poor Pikachu at level 50. But this is, this is fine, but only if it's also big, you know? <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> Probably I not. Think, I think it's a level 50 shiny Pikachu with balloons. Oh, it's shiny, okay. too. Okay, wait. Yeah. Okay. Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon? Uh, yeah, was I it think a... it is the five-shaped balloon. Oh, okay. that's our favorite okay. one. Good shiny. <laughs> I have a level 50 peak. I like Pikachu a lot for the that's why I was like, ah, plus Pikachu was like actually an easy level 50 because you get so much candy. I, it's, you say easy. You had to use rare candy XL. That says not only easy 11, to me. only 11. Look, I could have waited like a, I could have waited a week, but I was like, what if I had it today? <laughs> uh, it is it is the Pikachu with the five. Yes. OK, OK, okay. good deal. Good deal. He's he is level 50. He has terrible IVs, but he floats. Pikachu with the five shade of blue. And it's shiny. So we're just going to go into this list. It's going to be real simple. I'm not going to focus on any movesets. It's all very self-explanatory for the most part. But for anybody who needs the, the list to help them spend the rare candies. Also, don't spend the rare candies if it's currently in the raids or coming soon, as some of these will be. Wait till after. <laughs> First up, you got Kyogre. I think it's self-explanatory. Don't spend those right now because... It's coming in not that long. Next, you have Terrakian for both rock and fighting. It is pretty much the best option for both at the moment. Of course, there's Mewtwo, Shadow, preferably if you have it, but both are still the best option. Think about purifying it. Consider it's it. Consider it. <laughs> Don't <laughs> listen, Steve. Consider it. What if Mewtwo it was a is the only one where I will hunt you down. It was big. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's taller than me. Purified. Steve, is your is your mute too purified? I have three of them, and if I purify one of them, it will be fifteen, fifteen, fifteen. I've always thought about it. Oh, I mean, oh, you could get away with it. I soul. think that's no. hilarious. If you had five, I think I'd be like, okay, yeah, you can do the one. <laughs> yeah, I think I have three shadows, and I think two are nearly perfect. So I thought about purifying one just because one would be perfect, one would not be. Um, but then I got to put candy into it and Stardust, and I was like, ah. Then we have Landorus and Groudon for ground type. There's an asterisk here. First off, Groudon is coming up, obviously, in raids. Primal Groudon, Precipice Blades, all that. Group but Garchomp is better than both of these as a raid counter if you have Earth Power. So might not be worth your rare candy until you can get a primal ground on with precipice blades, then that's gonna be worth it. Yeah, I was about to say that that caveat is going to expire rather quickly here. Well, I don't know what the calculations look like with precipice blades, but I bet you Garchomp is still very competitive. And also yeah. there's Mega Garchomp. Oh, true. True. And Mega Garchomp will not have its downside from the main series games in Go because it can't lose any speed. Of looking kind of ridiculous? No, it's shiny <laughs> so good, though. You mean the, the Mega? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah. It's pink. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, it's all right. fine. <laughs> Give Next me we have... I need Mega Pinsir, and then I'll be happy. Okay, that's okay. fine. Sure. <laughs> Next, we have Zarud, like Chris... Like Steve said, but in general, any mythicals except for Meltan is good to put rare candy into if you want to level them up. Victini and Mew have use in PvP in particular, so that's worth noting. More grass, there's Kartana. Kartana is the best grass type overall, shadow, and mega options. And I think it's the only Pokemon in the game that is better than competing shadow and megas which is wild we love it so what you're saying is when i get a shadow cartana i'm definitely purifying it no. yeah <laughs> yeah i hope it's big actually, so you can actually see might, it. It, it, no it's still real bad but shadow cartana is gonna take one fast move and die can you imagine trying to catch an xx small cartana like, <laughs> like yeah i would hope that it just sits on your so- shoulder at that point in the yeah, game pretty much or like in your your pocket just cuts your, your head pocket. off whenever it looks around <laughs> we want that next up we have giratine o but this one also has a caveat in that gengar and chandelure are very competitive in terms of dps and overall performance but giratina doesn't fall over at a stiff breeze we call that Garatina no feet. Yeah. No feet. We've developed our own our own nomenclature. We go Giratina ah and Giratina O. Oh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, but also Giratina doesn't fall over from psychic types like Gengar, so advantage there. I put a lot of rare candy into a Giratina, but I'm me, so I'm biased. No. Next there's Moltres. For both flying and fire type coverage, both the shadow and the non-shadow are worth it in this aspect. The shadow, like, triple so, because it's the only shadow flying that's tanky in any capacity. There's, like, shadow honchcrow, and it's very squishy, for example. 
Continuing on to fire, there's Reshiram. We just had him raised. There's not really anything else to say there. And Entei. Entei, not Shadow, is very outclassed by a lot of Shadow Pokemon right now, unfortunately. So if you want the legendary bulk, it's good. If you have a Shadow Entei, it's still very good. Use your own discretion in that capacity. I don't use Shadows ever, so I have my Hundo Entei at the highest level I can take it, which is like 53, because I have no XL candy. What'd you spend it on? Pikachu. My rare candy XL? Yeah, your rare candy <laughs> no XL. one. No one. I have like, like I don't know, 60 or 70 sitting in my inventory. Okay. All right. I have uh, fear of not using them correctly right now, still. There's not enough to max anything out, so I'm not using them. Okay. Okay. Next, with the theming of this event, Electric Type. Zerkatry is the best Electric Type by far in the game currently. But runner-up, Zekrom that we just had in raids, and Thunderous, both very good options. If you want a Shadow option that's still worth using your Rare Candy, Raikou is good. Yes, Chris. I'm raising my hand for audio listeners. What about Primal Kyogre running Thunder, Kyle? Doesn't get stabbed. Why? Why are we? Talking? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's okay, not okay. like Primal Groudon where it actually gets the second typing. That would have been pretty Sh- cool. Shadow Mewtwo running Thunderbolt. We always have to entertain that option. Honestly, it's probably like number six on the counters, <laughs> depending on what you're fighting. That's Solid. how good it is. Let's go. <laughs> what about Big Plusle running Thunderbolt? Hey, if it's where? level fifty-two, fifty-one, <laughs> if it's best buddied. It might be worth it. They buff tackle. It could do it. <laughs> Does it really no tackle? No, no, it doesn't. I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be very funny. We're almost done here. Next up, we have Rayquaza. Dragon type. It's, what, what else are you going to say? You can use it as a flying type, but Moltres outperforms it really badly. That said, because we're entertaining so much shadows in this section, when you're considering Shadow Dragonite and Shadow Salamence, are both far better than Rayquaza. And we've had a lot of opportunities to get them. And there's a rocket event coming up. So it's maybe don't use the red candy on Rayquaza unless you have a a shiny or a hundo you want to bring to a raid. Or if you really want to, do what your heart tells you is right. You know what? I don't know if I have any shadow Pokemon that are like top on my list. I have I have a shadow Mewtwo. That's the only thing on my list of Pokemon worth mentioning. I'm walking with a shadow ducklet. I think he'll be successful one day. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm sure he's under like 500 CP. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Little cup. There you go. Little yeah, cup. He's angry. It's going to perform. Yeah. Next up for dark type, there's Yvital and Darkrai. But this one has a caveat in that Brutal Swing Hydreigon is just flat out better than both of them. That's plain and simple. If you already have the Brutal Swing on Hydreigon, it's not worth it unless you really like using Evatol or Darkrai. You could probably just make a second Brutal Swing Hydreigon in that instance. And a third and a fourth. Mm-hmm. Two more, just to be Probably simple. a fifth even. Yeah. Steve, do you build multiple of the same Pokemon or do you like to just bring whatever unique Pokemon you have? Um, No, I have a, I, I have a, like I'm looking, I have like three maxed when I say max, I, I say level 40. 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I got three Dialga, 
three Groudon, two Kyogre. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I and I, like I have I think four Dragonite, four Tyranitar, the six Rhyperior. Like, uh, oh, like community day, they don't count. Yeah, yeah. all the community. <laughs> day. Gotcha. Like I I I do like to power up lucky Pokemon or like I said purified Pokemon. So I I do kind of wait till that comes around. Um even though I'm I'm level 48, I do not I try not to give Niantic money. Uh <laughs> So like I really do optimize of like I'm only popping a star piece when um it is like double star dust or there right. is an event. I'm only popping a lucky egg when there is double catch. And then I'm, I'm, I'm only doing that on top of like, I know I'm dedicating time to do it. Like I'm also not one of those players that like, I'm going to turn on five lucky eggs in a row. Cause I know I'm going to be playing. I know I can't do it. I know I'm going to get stopped. I know like something is going to happen. And like all of a sudden 20 minutes of my lucky egg is going to disappear. Cause so I, I, like when I when I turn on a star piece or a lucky egg, it's like, don't talk to me for thirty minutes. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, doing my thing. I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm grinding. <laughs> I'm I'm milking Niantic for every second they're giving me right now. Right. Um, right. I have a, I do use the tags, so I do have a lot a, a list of like these Pokemon are the ones I'm powering up. Like for the last week, it's been like Zarude. Um, but again, I, I I could just max the root out right away. But like I knew community day was going to be like power up ten Pokemon. I knew there was a bunch of tests that were like power oh, up five Pokemon. Wow. So like I will wait till those events <laughs> to like knock those out as well. So everything for me has been very like uh, almost like min max. I hate to say that it's almost like min maxing of like I want to get the most value out of like the research plus my items I'm turning on plus the Pokemon that I'm ready to power up. It's min maxing for a good cause though. It's min-maxing to stick it to Niantic. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here when it's like power up 10 Pokemon, sort CP, smallest, pick whatever is sitting there. Yeah, no, Dusk I never goes. do that. It's uh, For me, it's always I have like a list of like when those um, tasks or research comes around, I always have like, okay, it's going to be Zarude. It's going to be this lucky. It's going to be this purified. Like, yeah. I'll see, I, don't, I don't have that self-control. I'm like, all right, I'm powering up. I'm powering up the Zerud. All right, here is 200 candy. Go. (laughs) I'm sure there's lots of people on Community Day where it's like, you know, you spend the dollar and it's power up 10 Pokemon. They probably just like, I'm going to power up this Weedle because it's really cheap. And then I'm going to throw the Weedle away and like never see it again. That's me. That's me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. We're almost done. I'm going to finish off here real quick. For Steel, we have Dialga. Big asterisk. Meteor Mash Matagross exists. And it's so much better than Dialga. That said, Dialga has the advantage of being a dragon type that is not weak to other dragon types, so it can be used as a dragon type counter there as well if you want to, so it is worth it. It's also very good in Master League, but I'm not commenting on PvP and anything else, so take that and run away, please. And lastly, this one's for Chris. I almost left it blank. The Pheromosa for bug types. Let's go. It is the best bug type. Its DPS is quite high. It's also made of tissue paper. Don't high design. Rude. <laughs> Don't use rare candy on this. I beg you. Bug type is not a useful raid counter in Go at all. Follow your heart, trainer. I'm gonna tell you, it's not useful in VGC either. <laughs> Follow your heart, trainer. It's okay. <laughs> the Pokemon with bug type and BGC are good despite the bug typing. Oh, 
all this all this rudeness <laughs> happening on this show right now. I'm just beside myself. There was a post on Reddit of people just like, what's the worst typing? And they were all just dumpstering on grass bug, bug grass, whatever. Mm. It was very entertaining. Made me think of you, Chris. Somebody's got to do it, you know? Okay. I think we should honor our heroes at the bottom of the DPS charts instead of burying them. Because otherwise, guess what? Your shiny Pikachu with a five-shaped balloon will be at the bottom of the DPS list. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not unless he's big, though. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've been counting along during this whole thing, you'd be like, wait, that's only 16 types. Well, there's no ice or fairy types that are worth using your rare candy on. I know that's kind of hard to believe. Is Sashia but, not one? Uh, it doesn't have a very fast move, unfortunately. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's bad. If they could give it to one, that'd be great, but I don't think it learns one from its move set in the main games. And then uh, ice type, yeah, the best not. ice type is Mamoswine currently, I believe, and they're all over the place. You probably caught a whole bunch in the last two months. Kiram so. doesn't have a full... Ice nope, doesn't have an ice set. fast move either. Oh, geez, it's, really? It's wow. tragic. It's tragic. That is tragic. Shame. Uh, you know, fairy types. You have you have Granbull. You have Gardevoir, and that's that's kind of about it, really. <laughs> and the shadow of both of those. Also, nothing for Xerneas. No, Xerneas also no fairy fast move. It's mm. it's mm. very tragic. Maybe when it comes back and they give it a signature move, they'll make its geomancy into a fast move, but it seems unlikely. That Pokemon does no tackle. <laughs> In go too. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of my list. Use your rare candies wisely, please. But use them. Or don't. No, use them. <laughs> I, feel like, course, I feel like I I feel like I do have to use some before uh the Vegas event because um Pokemon Go becomes significantly less fun when your option is to delete a bunch of stuff every like 15 minutes or to like give Niantic money. I don't want to be in between Wait. those two decisions. <laughs> What's I your inventory, I, Steve? I have I have 5,000. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, then you're fi- just, why do you... The but, 1300 but, rare candies just it, yeah it's the 1300 rare candies plus the 150 rare xl candies holy cow uh wow and so those guess, could go somewhere <laughs> those could definitely go somewhere yes um so i would like them to go somewhere because if i am going to raid very heavily for groudon kyogre maybe latios latios that's just more candy so they got they got to go somewhere before the event. I, I look forward to hearing what you spend them on. All Zarud. I mean i i have a, I have a big shiny Ursa Luna. That's pretty. Oh, cool. let's go. That, that's yeah. the answer right there. I actually don't think Ursa Luna's terrible, but he's big. Ursa Luna's all right. Yeah, yeah. but it's just. You do not have a ton of candy for it already. Oh no, I do. I do have enough. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the one. I'm just trying to think of the one big Pokemon I had. Disqualified. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kyle. That wraps it up for Gear Up, um, and this also wraps up our time with Steve. We're going to say goodbye to him uh, now. So, Steve, would you like to remind our listeners where and how they can find more of you and your content? Yeah, uh, so I run a podcast called It's Super Effective. It comes out every single Monday. Uh, Even if I suddenly got hit by a bus 
it would still come out every single Monday uh, because I that is a priority in my life to make sure that show comes out <laughs> every Monday morning. Um, I also stream full time on Twitch, twitch.tv slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Um, and that's the same as like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, primarily, uh, that focus right now is Scarlet and Violet. Although during the summers, I do have a stream backpack and I do travel around and stream Pokemon Go because I, I genuinely like if if you if there was any takeaway from all of my complaining, I do really like Pokemon Go. So uh, <laughs> so yes. last summer I went to uh, Goyang in South Korea and I went to the Germany Go Fest and then I streamed at the London World Championship. Um, so trying to provide a unique perspective for an American audience to see some of the world and how go is over there. I think I was one of like four English people uh, playing at the go fest in Goyang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, it's, it's funny that the, when a Korean person gets a shiny, no one is like screaming or yelling. It's just like, Oh, shiny. Cool. And then, like when you when you play with American people, they're like, "Let's go!" <laughs> screaming, being as obnoxious so as possible. True. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, yeah, but also Steve used his streaming backpack when we were in Seattle doing the raid tours. That was fun mm. to, to see it in yeah. action. It was pretty cool. Very very cool. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us, Steve. Appreciate you and your time. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you every Monday morning. <laughs> cool. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, thanks again to Steve from It's Super Effective and, uh, you know, his entire streaming platform uh, for joining us. It was really great to spend some time with him and talk. Um, but now it's back to reality, as it were. And we're in Pokepole. We're skipping Pokelore this week. So last week's Pokepole was, which Mega Evolution would you like to see released next? And what's your best guess when we'll see it? First response from Sparky02. They said, so think they'll do Rayquaza for Hoenn Tour? Wishful thinking, perhaps. Personally, I'd like to see Lucario Mega. Just a good man and would like a little bit more utility for it. A cool event when a cool event where they released the dual megas for Ralts Evolution, Gardevoir and Gallade would be a good tie-in. Oh, that'd be that'd be great. I would agree. I think that'd be really fantastic. Fa- fairy type event that I think- has both of them. We'll probably see one at Psychic Spectacular, I think. Yeah. And then maybe okay. the other at another event. Yep. There's a little bit more. I'm sorry. There's and perhaps a psychic focus for the release of the dual evolution. And let's face it, everyone kind of wants Mewtwo's mega released. Will it break the game? Only time will tell. It'll <laughs> be strong. It, it, uh, yeah, there's no chance it won't be strong. I'm going to be interested to see what kind of potential solos can happen for stuff that's weak to Mewtwo when you consider Mega Mewtwo. We'll have to see. It'll be interesting. Next response is from Jay, and they said, Lucario Mega Raid Day with maybe an exclusive move and increase in Shiny. Or Riolu Task Day, similar to Shield on and Kranidos, with the Mega release after the event. Oh, man, what a dream that would be. Oh, Riolu Research Day would be incredible. I mean, that's a good idea for when they're done milking Ryolu. Yeah. I now that's probably like three years away. 
but maybe they'll do an egg event with Riolu and it'll be like, no money is made. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, all right, we got to do the task. It's time. Not a single 7K was hatched that week. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, as long as I'm playing, that won't be the case, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Our last response is from Triptando, and they said, they're obviously saving some of the best for last. I'm not expecting Rayquaza for Hoenn Tour at all. Rayquaza and Mewtwo will be the last two Megas they'll release. Mark my words. If there's any Megas to drop with Hoenn Tour, it should be Sharpedo and Camerupt, the signature Pokemon of the leaders of Team Aqua and Magma in Gen 3. Oh, that's a great point. That's a fantastic Man, point. That's I a great think point. About that. Yeah. <laughs> but personally, the one I'm looking forward to the most is Meta is Mega Metagross. That thing is so awesome and is going to top the charts even harder than it does now to be fair to be fair kyle mega metagross is also meta metagross so that was right (laughs) meta meta metagross meta meta mega meta meta mega (laughs) oh my gosh oh it's oh it's gonna be ridiculous isn't it do you think people are gonna shorten it to mega gross i really hope not i don't like that knowing go players maybe probably (laughs) Shladundo, whatever yeah, was that? It's Shadundo. It's not Shladundo. Well, well, Lucky's okay. not a. It's Shadundo. Fair enough. Shadundo <laughs> is a terrible. It's terrible. You bet. But it was designed to be terrible. But I guess it's just more to your point that maybe they would do Mega Cross. <laughs> uh, so for this week's Pokepole, what do you think Niantic's strategy is when choosing Pokemon to feature in raids? It was funny. We had a bit of a conversation about this with Steve earlier. Yep. Sometimes it's to do with the theme. Sometimes. 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 I used to have a long-standing theory that they made it stratified in such a way that you could work through the tiers, especially if you were a new player, that the tier one raid Pokemon you got would help you with tier three Pokemon and up and up and up. I don't think that's necessarily the case right now, or I can't make an argument for the theory, but that was my prominent theory. That, that was definitely the way raids were run for the first two years of their life, I would say. Two and a yeah, half years, so maybe. Back when we also had tier two and four. Yeah. yeah. I think there's remnants of that now. And I definitely think there's some logic of that in the raids that they choose. But it really feels like tier one is, these are shiny, but they're fairly common spawns. But... It's an option for targeting. Tier three is a tier three exclusive. You know, Mawile, Alolan Raichu. Uh, I can't think of another one off the top of my head right now. There's a couple. Drudagon. Yep. And then tier five is the raid of the event, obviously. The Megas, they're hit or miss whether they're themed. I'm not going to lie. Right. (laughs) Why is Mega Gengar coming back in you know, two weeks. I don't understand. Because it's Just poison because? type? I don't know. I, I guess so. I don't know. I guess that kind of makes sense. If we were going to put, you know, the, the voltage event, electro, uh, electrocute, electrifying? Is that what it is? Crackling. Crackling. Crackling voltage. If we were going to extend that from just electric to dark and poison, that would make sense. But I don't know if I'm willing Mega to really. electric, it writes itself. I don't oh, understand. Oh, I forgot about that despite having one. <laughs> So I guess that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't know. So your your pervading theory was also the same thing of just like, oh, I think this is how it's structured. 
Yeah, that's definitely how I thought it was structured. Now I think it's tier one is shiny bait for people who want to waste raid passes. Tier mm-hmm. three exists because they don't want to get rid of tier three. And then <laughs> tier five is a legendary of choice. I'm not going to lie. So we, we started this point. We're going to make this quick because we keep getting <laughs> sidetracked. We started the game with tier one through five. And we realized tier two was useless. And tier four had a use, but nobody was utilizing it. So mm-hmm. they just dropped them. I think we have come to that point with tier three rates. Really? I don't think so, because I think it, it, tier three can be a home for some rare Pokemon that you could shiny hunt for if you wanted to, or an evolved form of an uncommon Pokemon that people might be tempted to spend their daily pass on. That's more challenging and lucrative than but I think, one star. I think that's the problem, though, is they're all soloable. You can solo every three star rate except for Shuckle. Even as a new player with level 20, 25 counters, they can still be soloed. So the purpose of existing as a three star is really just for the weighted algorithm of what causes raids to spawn, I guess. Which I think they could do right. individual Pokemon based, of course, too. So they, they could, but I, I doubt when they're throwing these events together, they probably just throw it into the template, you know? Swap this out for this at this. Yeah, rate. but they could just say, hey, Drodagon has a 5% spawn whenever we throw it in the pool. And hey, Pikachu has a filler spawn, whatever the remaining rate is but divided between these three or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but sure. I just, I, it's just a thought. It's like, I like doing three star raids. I'll use raid passes on them, but I usually will be like, why am I doing it? <laughs> <laughs> true. Very, very true. Um, yeah, when Steve mentioned about who's doing a Venomoth raid, I'm like, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I'll do a Venomoth raid. I mean, I probably won't want to, but if somebody invites me and I'm not doing anything, I'll probably do it. Yeah, I mean, why not? Hey. All right. Well, anyway, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokepole question, which is, what do you think Niantic's strategy is when choosing Pokemon to feature in raids? We would love to hear your opinion. Please give us a response. We post it on the Twitter if you're a patron of ours, we have a Pokepoll channel in the Discord dedicated just to answers for the Pokepoll. You can also answer on the Q&A uh, thing for uh, the Spotify app. I don't know what to call it. They just, just the Q&A. It'll be posted there on the episode. If you're looking on the mobile app, you can take a look there and answer. Um, we also accept emails to mail at gocastpodcast.com and voicemail messages that are sent to 262-586-7717. Uh, but before we get to anything related to messages, messaging, and all that good stuff, we're going to pass it on over to DeFi-E, who this week has a very special guest on for PvP Corner. I'm already excited for it, and I haven't even heard it yet. Over to you. I'm DeFi-E250. And I'm Matt from Poke. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that will knock you straight out of your chair after winning the Liverpool Regionals. And I am so excited to be joined by Matt from PvP Poke. How are you tonight? DeFi, thanks so much for having me. I was really excited when you uh, sent the invite and couldn't be happier to chat PvP, self, play Pokemon, and um, whatever else is going on in the Pokemon world. And there is plenty to talk about. And we usually start off here by talking a little bit about Go Battle League. This last week, we've had Open Great League and the Weather Cup in Great League. I know I played the Weather Cup. I got 
so close to veteran. I think I got to 2491 at one point, and now oh, I'm just stuck swimming in the 2300s. I've tried a lot of different teams. I like Credilly a lot. I've tried Blaziken, but it always manages. <laughs> I, I keep getting hard countered. I never find like that Bastiodon lead. It's always a Bastiodon in the back against like my poor Pelipper or something. I just, I have, I end up having a really hard time, but I had fun. I liked the meta. Uh, How about you? What did you play for go battle league this week? I played a little bit of open great league and my team was shadow Gliscor, Tapufini, love Tapufini, right? Yes. And uh, Toxapex. So kind of a double water. Yeah. I like it. How'd that work for you? Actually, pretty good. Uh, I've been slowly making my way up to uh, 2,500 as well. Not quite there. I have about 100 points to go, but I believe in both of us. I think I think with our powers combined, we can make it. Oh, yes. And Tapufini is such a great choice. Also, Gliscor, I know Paula Shaw, she was the first woman to hit number one on the Go Battle League uh, charts. And I know she used a Gliscor as well, I believe, uh, as part of her team to do that, right? Yeah, that was an incredible accomplishment. Like, I can't even imagine being up in the, what, 3400s, 3500s. That's like a whole thousand ELO above where I am currently. So (laughs) that takes some real dedication and talent. It really does. So huge shout out to Paula Shaw. She is a phenomenal battler and definitely has worked really hard to earn that number one spot. And I know she keeps on fighting for it. The rankings change pretty often, but it was pretty cool to see a woman up there on number one. Absolutely. And uh, incredible moment for the the community and, and Paula Shaw as well, just being able to get your name up there and and kind of stamp that record for girls at PvP. That's a that's a really cool thing to see. It was it was really awesome seeing everybody on Twitter like watching her climb. It was a good moment for the community for sure. Moving forward though, January twenty sixth to February second, we will have the Open Great League and the Electric Cup Great League Edition. And I have a huge retraction correction to make. When we recorded Fish and I last week. It was, I think, the day before they changed what was all going to be in the Electric Cup. No, no. And and they, we were talking about how great Vicavolt was, how they took out Chargebug, and we were trying to figure out why Chargebug was banned and Vicavolt was left in. And then they took out Vicavolt and Heliolisk, which I Heliolisk I don't think was even in the top ten before. Like it wasn't that good. So I'm confused about that one. <laughs> it was really unfortunate collateral damage there, I think. They brought out the bug zappers and Heliolisk, not a bug, but it's it's got that mud slap. It had to go, I guess. I guess. So what they left in, so if we re-look at that top the top ten species on PV Poke, we have Lantern, Luxray. <laughs> Both the regular and the shadow, which I think we are going to see just about everywhere. We can talk about that in a moment. Galvantula, which I still love running Fury Cutter and Energy Ball. I think that is probably the only time you're ever going to see that moveset on a Galvantula. So we love to see it. Uh, Minan, 
Electrode, as well as its Hisuian cousin, Hisuian Electrode, Manectric, Alolan Geodude, Alolan Graveler, and XL Pachirisu. Matt, why? <laughs> they took out Heliolisk. They took out Vicavolt. We got to talk about Luxray. We have to. <laughs> oh, Luxray. Yeah, Luxray. I've been seeing a few posts on Twitter of people who are lucky enough to have the, uh, you know, hidden power ground shadow Luxray. And uh, it seems like they were aiming for like removing super effective moves entirely from the cup. So there's no really any ground moves remaining. But uh, Hidden Power, Luxray snuck through. And from the stories I've heard so far, it's pretty scary. I'm I'm a little nervous. I don't think I have... I know I don't have a Shadow Luxray. And I don't think I even have a regular one with Hidden Power Ground. It's one of those moves... Hidden Power is one of those moves you don't really think about. Because it's definitely not like your Thunder Shock. It's not your Volt Switch or your... Like, it's not that great of a fast move. But being able to do super effective damage to or neutral damage to everything in this cup, I think, is going to be really powerful. What do you think about Shadow Galvantula, which we'll get in a few days here? That is going to be crazy. It is going to do so much damage. Uh, just, I'm just thinking about like what Volt Switch is going to do with that Shadow Boost on a Galvantula. It's oh already such a hard-hitting move. Uh, just to anything in general in the meta outside of Electric Cup. But that means Galvantula is going to become that much glassier. <laughs> it already is a pretty glassy Pokemon, so it's not going to last. Like, it's going to take one less move, I think, to go down. And that'll be, you know, it's give and take, but I think that damage is going to be really crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited for that as well as um, I think <laughs> there is another Shadow Electric type in the uh, in the mix too, wasn't it? A uh, Blitzel? Yeah, Blitzel and Zebstrika. Zebstrika is really fun. Uh, Zebstrika has like Flame Charge, Wild Charge. It has a lot of really interesting moves. So I'm interested to see if that will uh, allow it any. Yeah, it has Wild Charge, Flame Charge, and Discharge. Ooh, <laughs> so it has a all lot of charges. charging going on here. <laughs> Lots of charging going on with Zebstrika. So I'm interested to see if having a Shadow variant is going to help it out at all. Spark is a really good fast move to have. I think it just doesn't have the best stats in general, which makes it kind of like it's just not the best. Like it's not your Azumarill that just has like the best stats ever for Great League PvP. It's just Substrike is just not quite, quite there. Yeah, that's really unfortunate because it's one of my favorite Gen 5 Pokemon. Um, I wish it was better. I, I think the same could be said for a lot of electric types. Now, I mean, we could talk about some ampharos propaganda too like ampharos <laughs> could be a little better oh, shout out to butters so close so close. so close one day away from uh caleb deleting his bastion but alas remains to be seen yes have you been playing any uh ampharos in the new season i haven't really i think i played it a little bit because i know i played it with brutal swing uh so i know i played it a little bit i forget which meta it was but not a ton, not as much as probably two butters would like. I noticed in Electric Cup, it runs Power Gem, probably to hit uh, really hard against things like Galvantula and just doing a lot of really good neutral damage because Wild Charge isn't going to get you anything here. No, yeah, I'm trying to th think it's got 
yeah, brutal swing focus blast, I guess. What would you focus blast in the electric cup? At lantern? Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Which again, lantern is definitely the number one pick, just being able to do a lot of neutral damage with water gun and surf. And it's a really tanky Pokemon. It's really good in the open Great League for a reason. I think a lot of people debate spark over water gun, but there's a pretty clear answer in the electric cup, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> You're going to want to go for that water gun neutral damage versus resisted spark. Uh, I think in open Great League, I think spark is usually going to be your better pick. Weather cup, it was kind of a toss up. I saw some water gun lanterns that really kind of changed the the tide of battle. But overall, I think it's the spark lantern. Yeah, I, I bet your Blaziken probably didn't enjoy those. No, no, it did not. <laughs> My Blaziken didn't enjoy anything that hard countered it. Even the stuff that it did well against, like those razor leaves, they add up. <laughs> razor leaf damage adds up even on a Blaziken. It's just too classy. Yes, that, um, yeah, you, you wish it had more bulk, but uh, counter and blast burn, or uh, what charge move were you running, actually? I was running Blaze Kick Stone Edge. Ooh, that's that's really fun. Yes. All right. So a league that doesn't suffer as much from hard countering is the Open Ultra League and then Ultra League Premier, which is going to be after the Electric Cup. So that'll be February 2nd to February 9th. No classics. We need to start getting used to it. It's painful, but we need to long, prepare long. ourselves. So Ultra League Premier, no legendaries, no mythicals, no Ultra Beasts, but there, there will be XL Pokemon everywhere. If you look at the top 10 species to keep an eye on, XL Steelix uh, both has a regular and a shadow version that is going to be very, very good. XL Galarian Stunfix, XL Scrafty, XL Pidgeot, Swampert, both the shadow and regular, Aurorus, Surfetched, Shadow Machamp, Como and XL Trevenant are going to be your top Pokemon in Ultra League Premier. And I know I don't play Ultra League as much, but what I've heard is it's not as subjected to Hard Counter City because the Pokemon are so bulky, you have time to kind of pivot out of matchups. It's just a little bit more interesting is what I've heard about the Ultra League. That's that's good. I, I think from what I've seen, people have been enjoying Ultra League the most out of the current Open League metas. There isn't a Metacham in Ultra League, at least. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. Possibly. Surfetched, though. I like Surfetched a lot, so that'll yes. be really fun. I also finally have my Scrafty built, and Ooh. I have an XL Pidgeot from a while ago, so I can try that with its new, the newly buffed wing attack rather than Gust. Because I'm not a huge fan of like your incinerate confusion, like those long, slow, fast moves. I think it's, I prefer the quick ones, like your Mudshot. I like Mudshot. Mudshot is very good and um, Glaring Stunfisk. Speaking of Mudshot, do you have an XL Glaring Stunfisk yet? I have the Hundo oh and gosh. I have the XL Candy. I just haven't pulled the trigger on building it yet because it's hard to watch all of that stardust go away all at one time. That's true. Do you tend to like save up a bunch at once or are you kind of a spend it as you get it player? Uh, I, I'm at 1.6 million. I had a lot more than that and I spent <laughs> it. It's fine. 
but I, I try to save and then I only build Pokemon if I really, really like I need it and I'm going to use it. So that's I a think. good approach. That's yeah, that's a that's a pretty smart approach. Because sometimes it's fun to just like, ooh, new toy, and then you build something, and then you can't actually, you don't use it, and then you can't build the thing you actually want to use. I would say the same for myself, except I have some really weird picks floating around. Earlier this season, I just impulse made a Ultra League Tentacruel. Ooh. Which fits my style, but also (laughs) was really difficult to use, so... That was like 500,000 Stardust down the drain. I'm sure it's it's fine. but you, you can get Stardust anytime, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. We can just open the app right now during this podcast. We'll get some Stardust. That's how we'll be efficient. All right. Then just taking one more peek into the future from February 9th to February 16th, over the Valentine's Day holiday, we have Ultra League and the Love Cup. Love Cup is a great league cup where only red and pink Pokemon are eligible. To see those lists, you will need to go to the uh, Go Battle League Mythical Wishes update blog post, and you can click on, there's a link, and it'll take you to eligible red-colored Pokemon and eligible pink-colored Pokemon. And when I think red and pink Pokemon, I often think charm. So you're going to see your Clefable, your Wigglytuff, lots of charm in this meta. But I remember... Poison types are here because of, I believe, Galarian, Slowbro, and Slowking mm-hmm. give us some poison in that color palette. I also remember Alomomola being really popular, doing a lot of heavy waterfall damage. So lots of fast moves is kind of what I remember from this cup. A lot, a lot of fast move pressure. Do you remember a lot from last season when we had this? Or the last year when we had this? Yeah, I think uh, there was probably a shadow... Um, Violet Plume in there as well. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> Razor Leaf damage for sure. <laughs> and you can't forget about Chansey. Chansey is always going oh, to be present no. in something like this. Although I was looking at the Pokemon list, I don't know that we've had any new red or pink Pokemon since last year. But there is a Pokemon that got buffed that could maybe see more play. Uh, Charizard. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wing attack Charizard for sure <laughs> is going to be very, very good. Charizard's really been enjoying it out there. We'll talk more about Charizard when we talk Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And also Sylpharina. Charizard's <laughs> it's, it's really been burning it up out there. It's doing it's having its time in the sun. I agree. I don't really see anything that stands out. Uh, Mill Tank, I know, benefited from a buff recently. I don't know if that's going to be too noticeable, but if you're a Mill Tank fan, that's on, that's an option for a pink colored Pokemon. But yeah, I think Charizard, I think Charizard is probably the winner. Just looking through this list. That said, it might not enjoy Alolomola all that much. Also, there's Metacham and Lickitung out there. We see them a lot in the Play Pokemon circuit and in Open Great League. Those are also some pink and red Pokemon that I think are going to be pretty much staples on a lot of teams. Electrode as well. I remember last year, lots of Electrode doing a lot of Volt Switch damage. So that would be a good counter for Charizard as well. Definitely. And you can't pass up the opportunity to run Hyper Beam. It's just, you don't get to do it too often and landing those Hyper Beams just 
feels great. It it really does. All right. Let's move on to our sylph check-in. I've been doing individual sylph, working through the Ember Cup, and I'm a little tired of it. I'm, a li- I'm doing okay. A little burned out? A little burnt out on the Ember Cup. Very nice. I like it. Little burnt out on it. We've mentioned it, Fish and I, on the podcast before, but the entire meta is essentially for Pokemon. You've got in the Ember Cup, Charizard, Polyrath, Swine, and Hisuian Quillfish on pretty much every team. Then you also will often have either a Gligar or a Gliscor, and then that last pick is kind of whatever people want to do. And it's fun sometimes, but I'm also a little bit like I'm ready for something new, ready for something new. Yeah. Yeah. We've got something new around the corner, thankfully. Yes. Nyad Cup will be starting very soon. I'm already in some practice tournaments for it. So that it'll again, it's something different. You'll get to see some different matchups. Uh, We'll talk probably more about Nyad Cup next week. The other thing we're going to talk about next week more is the GoCast tournament where Fish on a Heater, he won. He can gloat all he wants next week. I want to give him the space for that. uh, (laughs) Congratulations, Fish. Congrats, Fish. So I'll give you your space to talk about your team and winning the tournament next week. The other thing to talk about as well would be Sylph Factions. Queen Bees are three and two right now. We had a hard fought week against Michigan PvP. We're up against the Illinois Bats this week. I've really been enjoying the Vanguard meta. I really like how it's based off of the Kanto Elite Four. So whenever I'm making constructing my team, I always think about the different Elite Four members. We got Lorelei, you've got Bruno, you've got Agatha, and then you've got Lance, and then your two wildcard picks. So that's been really fun for me. I can actually probably just pull up my team really quick. Ooh. Yeah, I actually didn't realize it was based on the Elite Four team members until I went in to put my team and oh, this makes so much more sense. Oh, it was a fun little thing for me too. I forget what part of the website I saw that it was like based on four trainers and then it dawned on me and I was very excited about it. So in my Vanguard team, I've really been enjoying kind of this core four Pokemon. Walrein, Machamp, Kofagrigus, and Noctowl. Those are my main four slots for those Elite Four trainers. And then I switch up my back to my wildcard picks every week. This week, I'm going to try Whiskash and Charizard. Charizard has been getting a lot of love in the Sylph Arena and in Play Pokemon. So I'm going to try it out for myself. That sounds like a winning recipe. And funnily enough, that's very different from what I've been using. So that I think that's a, a good sign for the meta that we're both running and running into different stuff. Yeah. What are you running in Vanguard? Well, <laughs> I forget to change my team from week to week, but uh, I really enjoy running the um, kind of the energy-based Pokemon. I've got uh, Frostlass, Pelipper, Quagsire, uh, Noctowl, and... I forget the other. Uh, I think there's a Primeape in there and Dragonair. And actually Dragonair in my battle so far has been very tough for me to play against. I, I just find it so difficult to deal with. The Dragon Breath damage is really, really tough. It is. I've seen a lot of Dragonair in my battles as well. Frostlass is a great pick. So is Primeape. Regirock I've seen on a couple teams. 
And that is very scary, but also hard to come by. Not every trainer has a great league eligible Reggie Rock. Here's hoping that in the Hoenn tour, maybe they'll put Reggie Rock in the great league, like in research tasks so we can Ooh, have one. That would, that would be, be fantastic. Nice. Crossing my, I'm crossing my fingers already. <laughs> for, <laughs> for Who's been your, uh, your Vanguard MVP so far? Oh, that's tough. Because uh, it changed because my team switches up every week. I would say, let me look back at the past few weeks. Because Coffin, I know one week was kind of it for like Coffin was the team. Credilly, I've used a couple times in my wildcard slot, and that's been really, really helpful. I, I think I have to go with Kofa Grigas. Just does a lot of really good neutral damage and is pretty bulky for a ghost type. So. I've been able to outlast people and then also be able to do really heavy damage with shadow ball. I feel the same. Any field or, or meta self meta where Kofagrigus is allowed. I really enjoy it as that kind of safe flex pick. All right. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about play Pokemon and talk about Liverpool. So the Liverpool Regional took place this last weekend, January 21st and 22nd. There were 145 players, which makes it the largest uh, play Pokemon, Pokemon Go Regional to date, which wow. is very exciting. And our winner was Human Catcher Bug. And the MVP, I think, for Human Catcher Bug was that Shadow Charizard running that wing attack did such great work uh completely toasted Padoman's shields um, Gosh. Was able to, <laughs> it was crazy uh tore through shields I really really enjoyed watching the finals since it was in Liverpool and I'm in the United States I was able to catch the very end of the day one and day two streams and so I was really excited that I actually woke up in time to watch the finals because it was very good. Yeah, that was an amazing tournament. And I, I think I want to say it was the, um, was that the winner's finals where uh, Human Catcher Bug had the reverse sweep? Just the um, the mind games of uh, got two wins in a row with that Shadow Charizard. And then, of course, uh, Panamon brought that lantern in the game five. And just knowing the pressure would be there, that was such good play and prediction on from a human catcher bug's part. Yeah. So just to go back to talk about winner, um, human catcher bugs winning run. So he was in the winner's bracket the whole time, never took a loss and had to beat players such as a mind joke. And then the winner's finals, it was Statistan and the casters actually forgot it was a best of five. Statistan won two and the, the casters were kind of like, oh, it's done. Statistan moves on. And then they were caught off guard like, oh, no, wait, it's. <laughs> It's a best of five and human catcher bug. It was an amazing reverse sweep. Just like you said, he won the two games on the back or on the wings, I should say of the shadow Charizard. And then because status was so ready for it, uh, brought counters to it was ready for that lantern. It was such a good match. And then human catcher bug had a three Oh sweep uh, to Potoman, who I believe, I think the caster said he's 15 from Spain. So an incredible showing as well 
from uh, a younger player from what would used to be our seniors division. Absolutely phenomenal. So Padaman also had to beat Statistan. Did it 3-2, so that was really tough. Padaman also had to beat Dex B. Max, um, Dex B had to beat a Mind Joke. Um, Neza Beethan. Lots of really, really incredible battlers making it all the way through the day two losers bracket. Yeah, and I've been incredibly impressed from the uh, young battlers this season. We've had uh, Me Weedle, Bird Power. I am, <laughs> I'm blanking. Shoot. Hot Pocket? <laughs> yeah, he's like pocket. the first person that should have come to mind. Pocket like, and Wadash. Pocket, Pocket, yes. Okay, Pocket. Pocket and the BM Master. <laughs> yes, a lot, of, a lot of fantastic talent. And yes. Really, really showing um, Masters Division that they can absolutely uh, crush the competition. Very good. Just to go through our top two teams for our two trainers who have punched their ticket to Worlds to go through their whole team. Human Catcher Bug. That main pick is that Shadow Charizard, along with Lantern, Umbreon, Trevenant, Galarian, Stunfisk, and Metacham. Potomon, a much more traditional team, ran double flyer, having both the Noctowl and the Altaria. And then the Lantern, Trevenant, Galarian, Stunfisk, and Metacham. So these two trainers had a lot in common. You kind of have your core Pokemon in the play Pokemon circuit. I'm wondering when we're going to see some shakeups to that. I don't think Shadow Registeel is going to be the shakeup that I thought it I was hoping would maybe shake up the meta. I don't think it's going to be the case, but I think we're going to stick with our core for a while until the next Go Battle League uh, update. Yeah, I, I think so. Were there any surprises in the tournament uh, as far as Pokemon Go goes? As far as Pokemon goes, <laughs> also Pokemon Go. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise anymore to see Dunsparce make a top cut. Uh, Statistan having the Mew and the Dunsparce and doing incredibly well, making that top three performance uh, for Pokemon. Otherwise, it's a lot of what we've been typically seeing. My favorite team, though, has to go to uh, uh, Zwilus, who ran both Tapu Fini, made famous by Enhoff, also a favorite of mine, and also the Ampharos. We all wanted to see <laughs> Ampharos win the tournament. However, uh, Zwilus lost to Dex B on day two. So unfortunate. And Dex B made it very, very far, beating Matt Beer, Maxi. So very good stuff. But we tried. I was really excited to see the Ampharos. Should have brought it more. That's what he said, I think, uh, on Twitter. He didn't bring Ampharos enough, and that was his downfall. Well, I think maybe that's the next meta change. We'll just see a, a swarm of Ampharos in Orlando. I'm here for it. I'm ready. So speaking of, yeah, speaking of tournaments coming up, what are we looking at? Orlando, Florida is the next big one. That is going to be February 3rd to the 5th. And on Twitter, it was announced there are, my brain, 200, it's 256, right? That's the magic number. Yeah, that was Yeah, 256 be. spots. Wow. What was the uh, Liverpool again? Liverpool had 145. So there are, I think it was, there are 256 open 
slots. We have over 100 registered. We're getting very close to that 128. We want to see it get even closer. So if you're listening to this and you're in the Orlando area, definitely go register for that tournament. It is going to be a very good time. That sounds wild. That That is going to be crazy. And the, the competition there is going to be top-notch for sure. A ton of amazing battlers in Florida. I agree. And a lot of battlers traveling in as well. So going to be a very good tournament to watch. We also have Melbourne, Australia, which is OCIC coming up February 18th to the 19th. I don't have any updates on registrations for that one, but I'm expecting that to sell out. Uh, Melbourne is good because Australia only gets, I think, three. I think they have two regionals and OCIC. So I anticipate that this is going to be a very popular tournament to our friends to our friends down under. Yeah, I, I remember, I think... Um... There are only a couple tournaments there last season as well. So hopefully everyone gets a good shot at it. I'm going to be cheering for PVP Steve, of course, um, wherever he's at, whatever he's doing. Yeah. And I know our own fish on a heater is going to be registering. I know there's a ton of people. So that is going to be a very fun one. I'm going to be watching probably the VOD, probably the YouTube playback. I'm not sure uh, that it's going to be at a time where I can watch it live over here in the U.S., but I am really excited uh, to hear more about it. And we'll update you a little bit on registrations because I know Fish registered. You can only see the number of registrations if you're currently registered. So what I do is I just pester people (laughs) and I ask them, can you update me on how many we have registered? Uh, Speaking of registrations, Knoxville, Tennessee, that is going to be February 24th to 26th. I know for that one, there are about 42 players registered, so there are still lots of spots available. And then we have Bochum in Germany. And I know when registration went live, there were 96 tickets available. So I'm again, that's one also that I would anticipate would sell out or do very, very well. Yeah, a a ton of great uh, European players as well and that's that's going to be some really tough competition all right matt while i have you here i would be remiss to not try to pick your brain a little bit and ask you a few questions about you and your history with the pv poke website are you ready right. to get into that let's get into it all right what inspired you to make pv poke i know before the website existed people had spreadsheets upon spreadsheets on spreadsheets what what inspired you to make this website? I am a longtime Pokemon fan and uh, developer, so I just kind of figured to put the two together, and it wouldn't be my first Pokemon development project. Um, in college, I did some work on a Pokemon fan game, and actually the precursor to PV Poke was a PvP version of Pokemon Go's raid battle system um, before PvP was announced. It was kind of like, a, oh, we know PvP is coming. What could it look like? And it was just a fun little multiplayer game that uh, actually AlphaFeeb helped me uh, program and, and test that. Yes, AlphaFeeb, Dr. Feeb. Dr. Uh, Feeb. Dr. Feeb. Big, huge Phoebe, uh, also a very great member of our community. 
what do you think you've all learned through working on the website from its initial creation to now? What are some things you feel like you've learned through working on this? Oh, goodness. I think the biggest thing for me has been learning how to manage work-life balance or maybe work-work balance. Um, just uh, I've been running the site for about four years now. And just a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, had that anniversary of four years. And uh, when you're in it for the long haul like that, uh, you got to make sure it's sustainable. And there were definitely times when running PV Poke where I was burnt out, where um, I maybe didn't do such a great job of of separating PV Poke life from from regular life, and just learning and and failing sometimes, and growing from those situations just getting better at running the site, taking some time to, you know, to do other things and just grow as the site has, has grown. So that's been, that's been positive at least. Yeah, that's really good. I know that's something I can relate to as well. There's DeFi 250 and there's Stephanie. So it's hard to cut. Sometimes that can be really challenging. And I think a lot of listeners out there can relate to having like that work-life balance of being able to manage your time and making room for all the things that are really important. Yeah, and even in Pokemon Go, as as we play, like, say, doing all 25 battles in a day or, you know, just a couple sets here and there, whatever is, whatever is comfortable for you and try not, to, try not to pressure yourself too much, I suppose. What was the most challenging feature to implement on the website? I think there's two answers to this. The most development work definitely went into the training feature with the little substitute bots. That was a uh, very fun to, to program, but also very difficult. It was probably ooh, a good month of like constant development, I'd say. And then probably the most time-consuming part of the site just on a regular basis is for sure the rankings. Uh, I wish it was as simple as just pushing a button. And there is a big button that I push to make the rankings. But there's also a lot of manual work involved, a lot of checking, making sure everything has the best move sets, making sure the matchups are scored correctly, uh, making sure the uh, limited metas are probably representative of what people are going to see. And that's been a, a part of the site I've uh, actually made some development tools to help me support myself a little on that uh, on that part of the site. But um, yeah, definitely a, a big undertaking. So spending all of those months on working on development and having to make tools to help you in the development of the site, uh, does it really feel like it's been worth it? Yeah, a- absolutely. And it's kind of funny to think back of to how I used to do things. And oh gosh, that was also time consuming. And uh, it, it took me a long time to actually sit down and figure out, okay, how can I make this more efficient? Because um, with all the Pokemon Go events, one after the other, you're just kind of caught up in the schedule of, all right, new stuff is coming out, got to put it together. And it's important to kind of step back and 
make sure you're like, okay, deep breath. Here's where we want to go. And let's just kind of think about um, what would make that easier. So I've noticed you've got a couple other really cool projects out there. You had PV Poke Unite and then newly announced was PV Poke Terra. What really draws you to work on projects like this? Is it something from noticing areas of improvement in these areas? What really what really brings you to work on these new projects? Ultimately, I think it's a uh, I love solving challenges and problems and creating stuff. So Going from I want to make a thing to calculate raid counters for for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because um, I'd been playing a bunch and was like, hmm, I wonder if I can make something like that uh, to actually seeing something real. Well, pixels, but real uh, is pretty cool. I would say both of those are kind of interesting stories. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Unite has has kind of gone the way of the dodo. Uh, Poke PV Poke Unite has gone the way of the dodo. The the game's doing fine, and that was also an interesting lesson as well because that came at a kind of a critical time of during Pokemon Go, where I I think it kind of followed that whole you know hear us Niantic thing, and uh, I, I think morale was at a pretty low point and. Unite kind of came along. I think there was a sentiment among some of the Pogo players of you know Unite being kind of a kind of a, a life raft on a potentially sinking ship, and trying to work out you know what kind of content do we want to do and how do we want to stay active and involved with each other. And thankfully, Pokemon Go is still still kicking. <laughs> PvP there's. PvP has really, really advanced in the the past, you know, year. The play Pokemon tournaments, but PvP Terra kind of came from a a more organic place of, hey, I'm playing a lot of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I want to figure out what the best raid counters are. I can just make this, and then I made it. That is so cool. I love when people can just have an idea and then make the thing. I think that is very neat. Have you taken a lot of lessons from making things like PV Poke Unite or PV Poke Terra and brought it back to the the OG PVPoke.com? Yeah, um, there were <laughs> there were a bunch of things technically that I wish I could redo for the main PV Poke that each time I spin off a new project, you can kind of start at square one and do things the right way, I suppose. Uh, I will say that some things I've learned from outside of PV Poke and brought in, uh, I think this one is kind of relevant to a lot of people in the like Twitch sphere, Twitter sphere, uh, something I read about and, and studied for uh, my day job, I used to work in marketing, was about uh, brands. And specifically, uh, there was a book called The Human-Centered Brand by a, a Croatian designer named Nala Dunato. And it was really about, uh, really all of us 
have some kind of presence, some kind of energy that, you know, we put out into the community and into the world and thinking about, we all have a brand, sort of, but it's not this like artificial manufactured thing. It's more about just being like being who you are, being to your authentic self and that the more true you are to that, uh, the more likely you'll meet and and find people who um, are compatible with you, um, who share your ideas and excitement and for things and um, just really about really thinking about your presence in a space like Pokemon Go, the Pokemon Go community and what you want that to be. I don't know if you've ever stopped and like thought about what DeFi E is or or how you want to to be, you know, separate from from Stephanie. Definitely. That is definitely something I think about a lot. And the whole time you were talking about kind of your brand and the people you have around you, I was like, oh my God, this is community. This is what Pokemon's all about. And then you said it at the end. <laughs> I was ready <laughs> to jump in. I was like, that sounds like community, the whole like the big picture. But for sure, it's definitely something that I think a lot of us who create content think about, like, um, I'm sure you could name pretty much any content creator. How do you, what's the difference between the person and then the content creator? And what do you want that person to be versus the content creator? Right, exactly. All right. Let's wrap this up by asking, what are you thinking about moving forward? Any new projects, features? What's next on the horizon for you, Matt? That is a tough question. The problem is I'm a very impulse-driven programmer. I don't have any fancy like roadmap or vision for here's what PVPoke is going to look like in two years. It's I wake up one morning and decide to make a terror raid calculator. But on the immediate horizon, uh, I do need to rework my training analysis feature, which... Uh, If you've dug deep on the site, there's a a feature that will show which Pokemon people have used in the site's bot training battles and uh, top teams. And I have plans to rework that a little bit. Uh, Right now, it's all kind of compiled manually. And speaking of inefficient way to do things, but... Uh, I need to rework that, set up a database for it, and have some kind of you know more automated and fancy fancy setup for that. Well, I'm certainly very excited for where you are going next. Are you ready to kind of wrap up the show with the last couple shameless plugs that we make? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do some shameless plugs. All right. So we always start off with our two big communities. We have the Pallet Town community and the GoCast community. And we love to shout out uh, the people who are doing well and share their achievements. In Pallet Town, Bandman Clayton has hit expert recently. And Music Michael has hit veteran. It's coming from Pallet Town. In the GoCast podcast Discord server, Giraffe Chew hit legend for the sixth straight season, which is a huge accomplishment. That is amazing. That is congratulations. We also have Matzlex hitting expert, Maxitron hit veteran, J Engineer also hit legend, and then just this just in Mahalo High hitting ace rank. So congratulations. 
Yeah. So congrats to all those battlers out there. Be sure that you are sharing. If you are in the Pallet Town community, that community is free to join. And then Chris talks about how to join the GoCast Discord server at the end of the episode each week. I don't really have a lot to plug. I've taken kind of an unintentional uh, hiatus a little bit from Twitch streaming, but I hope to get back into that very, very soon. I don't know why January is often stated as this month of like, hey, we're going to refresh and, you know, get started with the new with the new. I feel like January is just exhausting. (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) going to try my refresh in February. That's true. Yeah. January is just kind of in the the depths of winter and it's like oh gosh where's where's the motivation can someone find it i don't know i'm i'm, I'm going to look in february that's my plan is <laughs> to try to find that february motivation but the big thing i think was uh, just being on the lookout for play Pokemon tournaments and which ones I'll be casting. So be sure to follow me on socials, D-P-H-I-E-250, uh, when I announce those things and when I start posting, getting back to Twitch. I've also been on Instagram a little bit more lately. I really like Instagram stories to post. If you want to see things like silly selfies and pictures of my dog and how cold it is outside, I post that on my Instagram stories, if that's something that any of you listeners are interested in. That sounds fantastic. Matt, what would you like to talk about? What do you have to plug here to wrap up the show? Yeah, uh, I would like to give a thanks and shout out to all the Patreon supporters out there. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And for everyone uh, supporting on Twitter and and asking questions and, and things like that. Yeah, just thanks everyone for their support. And thank you for for having me on the show. Thank you for being so excited and coming on. I really appreciate it. This was a really good time. And we t- bring up PV Poke every single week. So it's really cool to have the the man behind the curtain on the show itself. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's uh, a bit less nefarious than a Wizard of Oz situation. but <laughs> Definitely. We'll make it work. Certainly so. So... We love hearing your feedback out there. If you have any questions or suggestion for Fish on a Heater, who will be back next week, or myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Chris talks about these at the end of the show. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi-E to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. We will also put PB Poke's Patreon link in the show notes this week. So Aww, you can check out you. the PB Poke patron. I am a patron of PB Poke. It's easy. Uh, definitely worth it. If you use the website, definitely worth throwing a dollar in there. Uh, it's a really great free resource for everyone. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. Of course. And with that, talk to you next week. Bye. Ciao. Thank you so much, DeFi-E and special guests. We appreciate you and your segment. That was fantastic. All right, Mr. Kyle, it's been such an exciting, jam-packed episode already. I'm kind of like losing my place. Can you help me out here? It's time for emails. That's right. Oh, and would you look at that? We've got one voicemail as well. This voicemail this week is from Lachlan. Hi, it's Lachlan from 
let's go with Talent Town PvP this time. And I've got a question for you. I was listening to the recent episode, and oh my god, how good is it to see your faces on my Spotify feed? Yas, Chris, yas, Kyle. God. I just helped camp the first half of that. Anyway, I've got a message for you. Well, a question for you. How many Mega 3 Pokemon do you have in your storage? So to find that, you search Mega, then the number 3. I'm curious. Because by the time episode 223 comes out, the only Mega that you can't, in theory, have got up to Mega level 3 yet would be Salamence. And anything else that Niantic surprisingly throws out at us, because it'll have been a month since Glalie. Curious to see how you're going, boys. And is there any Megas you haven't evolved yet? Tell us why. Oh, 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 no, Lachlan. Why would you do this to me, Lachlan? Thank, thank you so much. This is content. This is what the people want, Putting to watch us just burn. Here. Oh, my this God. This is great. All right, let's start with Mega 3. First of all, how many? What's the number? I don't even care what they are. I don't What's have to number? search to be able to tell you the answer to that one. Is it zero? No, it's not zero. Is it one? It's not one. Is it two? No. <laughs> okay, then there goes my theory of it being one or more Gengar. <laughs> it is three. <laughs> it's three Gengar. It's three Gengar. <laughs> I thought I knew you. I thought I knew you. And you're like, you think you do, but it's worse than that. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Answer yours so we can go to the other embarrassing facts. Okay. I've got five only. Um, okay. Uh, there's a Pidgeot named Jet. There is a Venusaur named Bramble, a Manectric, despite me forgetting that they existed as a Mega, named Sparky, and two Charizards, one named Ardent and one named Smold. They're both built for X and Y, respectively. So, mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a lot, but I'm happy with the ones I do have. So next is Mega Dex, right? Yep. Oh, What's boy. your Mega Dex at? Let me take a look. How do I do that again? You can go to the Pokedex in the bottom right. There's a drop-down menu. There is. Look at that. You can tell I don't do this very often. Uh, 20. All right. I have 15. Okay. There are several that I haven't done that I have enough candy that I really should do. Like, yeah. I haven't done any of the Hoenn starters. <laughs> I, have I haven't done Megalopunny. That's in raids right now. I haven't done any of the Hoenn starters either. That's kind of I haven't done Mega Salamence or... Uh, Latios? I've only done one of them. Uh, Latias. I haven't done Latias. Okay. So I haven't done Blastoise, Alakazam, the Hoenn oh. Starters, Agron, Bennett, Absol, Glalie, and Salamence. And I can tell you why. With a few exceptions, and those exceptions are, I believe, Latios and Latias, just because I wanted to get them knocked out. I don't mega and work on mega levels until it's a 100%. And I know that I'm doing myself and my co-raters a disservice, but it's like a mental block that I just can't get past. I'm uh, I'm just lazy. I was no. actually I was actually doing very good to the lead up to GoFest in Seattle. Yeah, I was mega evolving everybody either every day or every other day to reduce the cost because I don't mega rate a lot. And then I just after Seattle, I was like. Uh, you know, they're it's fine. It's all right. Well, there's some I've redundancy. Got, I've probably got 10 megas at level two and a half right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, the thing is, though, there's some redundancies, you know, like I'm just if I need a fire type, I'm going to bring my Charizard and not my Blaziken. And if I need a fighting type, I'll bring Lopunny and not Blaziken just for the bonus, you know. But why wouldn't you bring Blaziken instead of Lopunny? Just no because I don't either. have a 100 percent yet one oh yet that I have in Mega. That's pretty much it. But when they are 100 percent and Mega, I, I take them all the way to the end of that that Mega journey. That's for okay. sure. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I should also say, though, I have all the resources for the rest of them. I just haven't pulled the trigger on any particular individual. Uh, Lachlan, thanks so much. We really need we really needed to air some some dirty laundry there for sure. Okay, we have two emails. This first one is from Walter. Hello, Chris and Kyle. I have a couple of things to talk about. Uh, One, how does Megas or how do Megas work in the lore? They seem really cool, but I don't know how it makes sense in the main series. The summary is it's like it's extensive, important, personal, intimate friendship. It's like your Pokemon is like your best bud sort of thing. Which before you continue reading is absolutely ridiculous when you consider <laughs> Megas like Mega Aerodactyl exist. Well, it, Mega, it, Mega Aerodactyl evolves. loves you so much. You love Aerodactyl so much. He's going to power up and now he's in immense pain. Yeah, I think from the lore perspective, the Aerodactyl is the one that chooses to Mega Evolve there, and that would be okay because it's doing it sacrifice for you, right? To be uncomfortable. Okay. But that's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> Two, for the Pokepole, I would love to see Mega Tyranitar just for the fuss it would make. Tyranitar already has great stats comparable to Shadows and even some Megas, and I think a Mega Tyranitar would disrupt a lot of things and immediately be amazing. That is top to bottom a correct analysis <laughs> it's going to be great it's not going to you know rock the boat as much as like shadow or not shadow mega mewtwo x and y will but tyranitar is gonna gonna rock the boat a bit for sure uh third you talked about battles between regions what that seems cool i obviously don't know anything about main series lore but that seems super interesting could you explain that thanks a lot sorry for the long email and good luck cramming those shadow shinies before they leave Oh, on that note, is Shadow Registers going to be better? Oh, Registeel, sorry. Is Shadow Registeel going to be better than normal Registeel? Spend very little time in PvP, but I have a decent Swampert and an okay Buzzwool, both of which have only one charged attack. But I'm working on that and another, which I'm planning to be Registeel. Shadow or normal? Sorry again for the long email and have a great week. All right, so first of all, the sh- the, the battles between regions thing, I believe that's only really a, a, a theory for actually no, wasn't it there's two that are confirmed to have ward in the past Kalos and something else i think right was it an x and y i don't remember i do um, not know there is one particular region that the history of it is in the games but you like don't participate in it um the the, the explanation for a lot of adults missing in the original game is that there was some sort of war that war. a lot of adults <laughs> went and did that like lieutenant surge is like a remnant of right um, but other than that, we don't have a lot of information about it. It's just really cool stuff. I'd recommend looking up some fan theories online because I've done that and it's fascinating stuff. Have George R. R. Martin write the history of the Pokemon universe. Yeah, just War of the Set Roses. 10,000 years ago, though. And over and over again. That's right. <laughs> Set 10,000 years ago. I love it. Yeah. Um, but okay, so for Registeel, Shadow or Normal, I think it really kind of depends on what CP it comes in on. Yeah, I don't. For well, PvP, I mean, at it's going to what level is Giovanni? That's Connors. a great question. Don't, I, don't I, actually I thought know. about that earlier and I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, 
Who did? Who have we saved from? Uh, probably Shadow, La- Shadow Latios and Latias. You probably haven't leveled those up. I have not. So my. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So Shadow Latias and Latios, the they were thirty twenty. What? That's no, like halfway that... up. I don't remember. Mine. I know I haven't touched it. Is what looks like twenty. Twenty. Okay. If. Which is fine. That's raid level then. So it should still be under 1500. Yeah. Yeah. We should be good. There's an actual answer out there. I'm sure I haven't seen anyone do the math yet, but it's, it'd be kind of weird if shadow is better because red, one of Registeel's best traits is that it's so bulky that it lasts forever. But that damage bonus is real good. Okay, but here's the thing. If it if it pushes lock on from the one damage to two, it's gonna be huge. It will, but because it's one damage and Pokemon go rounds, it would heavily factor on your opponent's defense as well, I think. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. Either way, the answer is yes, Shadow Steel, Shadow Registeel will probably be better. Uh, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see what the PVP gods have to say. <laughs> but thank you for your email. Appreciate it. Next email is from Ryan, and they said, Hey, GoCast. The wife and I got to meet you guys at GoFest 2020 in Woodstock and had a great time, but I haven't wrote in since. Oh, hey, what's going I, on? I think, though, with the story I have, it's worth writing in again. So on Saturday during Community Day, my wife and I had ended a community day early to take our child to his grandparents. We left and were heading to a hockey game. And while I was driving, my wife decided to open the game just to get a last-minute catch, as it was only two minutes before 5 p.m. We had stopped at a stoplight with less than a minute to go. She clicks on a Lavatar, and bam, a shiny. She catches it, and as she's getting to the appraisal screen, I say, wouldn't it be awesome if it was a hundo? No way. At 4.59 and the most random spawn location, she does the unthinkable and catches a wild shundo with seconds to spare. Ooh, buzzer shiny. I would probably consider this the most exciting and greatest moment that we've ever had in Pokemon Go. Hope that someday soon the wife and I can meet with you guys again. Sorry for the long email. Not sorry for the long email. Shiny vibes to all and happy hunting. Ryan, a.k.a. Lost Constance. That's pretty great. That's incredible. That's that's a story and a half for sure. Um, but <laughs> when we do see you next, I, I want to see that. I want to see that Shundo Tyranitar maxed out. Got to, you know? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Especially mm-hmm. especially with all that rare candy. Come on. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, well, I don't know if everybody's seen on as much rare candy as we are. Steve is. It's okay. We, the, all the XL from the, the community day. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's not already spent, or if it is already spent, it's spent on that one. But thank you very much uh, for the email, Ryan. And yeah, I hope we do get a chance to run into each other again. That was so cool. It's very, very cool to hang out and play. Uh, but that's the end of the show. So if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email, you can to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to send a voicemail like our dear friend Lachlan did and completely expose our, our the gaps in our gameplay. Um <laughs> The phone number is 262-586-7717. Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Uh, actually, I'm going to point you in the direction of our YouTube channel as well. We've been posting video versions of our live episodes. Well, not live. Our our episodes, our episode, like, weekly ones 
on Spotify and also on YouTube. So if you'd like to see a video version, please go check that out. And I'm also posting uh, the streams from Monday nights at 6 p.m. Central time that we're doing on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Cocast podcast. I'm doing a Scarlet playthrough. And the first part just went up today. So it's real fresh. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash Gocast podcast, I believe. But if you'd like to help support the show and everything we do here monetarily, you can uh, via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Gocast podcast. And speaking of patrons, a big, big thank you and shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you so much to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, Susie, and Ryan Thayer, J- Jason, Justin, Charles, Moders, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, Stephen, Nick, and Kelvin. Thank you so, so much for helping us keep the digital lights on. But if you'd like to help to, uh, support the show in another way, you can by leaving us a review on anywhere that you can. So, like, you know, Spotify and the, the app, you can leave us a review. Uh, Google Podcasts, I still don't think has their stuff together. Apple Podcasts, that's a good one anywhere it'd be great love to hear from from you and your opinion hopefully it's a good one <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much it i think we just gotta set some goals and then we can ski daddle mr kyle so what are you doing this week all right so this week i've, I've been inspired although it was it was always on the list just never putting in the effort make mega level progress i've got wow. so many that are halfway through and like in progress and stuff so looking to up that mega level three I'm not going to Vegas, so I don't have like a hard timer on needing anything there. So that's good. Just looking to fill that out. That's probably going to, that's going to be an ongoing one for, for a while now. Cause I don't have that much mega energy to just blow doing it every day. That's right. Uh, continue the buddy progress on my Lumiere. Just working on that best buddy slowly. No poffins, sad times. Oh man. And finish something extraordinary. Hopefully I, I get that done this week. Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, what did you say you have to do with that step now? Um, I mean, I have to win a raid is the okay. current step, but there's one more step after, and I don't think it's like a, a free reward step. So okay. we'll have to see. All right. Well, fingers crossed, and I'm hopeful for you and your overall progress and your trainer career. <laughs> My goals this week are to encounter a Galarian bird. This is mostly to just make sure that I keep doing adventure um, sync <laughs> Not, I keep saying that adventure incense walks. <laughs> it's been kind of fun to get out and make sure that I'm doing it. It is cold, but you know, I just wear a jacket or whatever. We're good. We're good. It's supposed to snow overnight tonight. I'm going to be eating these words tomorrow. Um, I would like to get one shiny, generally speaking. And okay. in addition to that, I would like to get a shiny Tapu Coco. We will see oh. uh, him return to raids uh, a, a few days before us recording. So hopefully that's enough in the you know the initial buzz right of a new shiny five star i can snag one i'm hoping so oh i didn't get to mention it earlier i got a new shiny this week that was kind of neat i caught a shiny bergmite oh wow oh congrats i can't tell you how many of those i tapped on i'm so jealous (laughs) i i was just going home i'm like oh i didn't spin a pokestop while i was at work take a left turn now perfect (laughs) and it was the only pokemon at the stop and i was like click Started driving away. Then I looked at my phone. And I was like, oh, is okay. it shiny or is it ill? <laughs> yeah, it's the first thing I had ever shared via campfire as well. So, oh, awesome. Oh, I love that. That's great. I shared a Kecleon in a Pokestop the other day and, and somebody in our community actually called it out and asked a question. I was like, wow, that was useful. That's, that's nice. cool. 
Good stuff. All right. Well, speaking of good stuff, we're going to see you all next time for episode 224. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.